0: yo what's up why uh what episode we are 32 plat chap Nice. 32 episodes is what we've done this is the 32nd one mm. uh it's cold outside it's very cold it's it very cold we're all Facts. we're all located in texas uh avas what's your problem
1: i well i don't really have much many problems i just <laughs> i try to take a shower i don't th- all of us are unwashed right now right yeah we're we all are unwashed. none of us yeah. have showered yeah, stay at- they can't their pipes are frozen. My pipes aren't yeah. frozen, but I can't drain the water out of my shower. I went to I gotta, go take one I and I was like, hat. I was afraid to take it because it was I it might have been pooling out like imagine if the water pooled out of my shower when the entire state is shut down. So I'm living in an ice cube tray, essentially. <laughs> so I, I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna fuck with it. I'm just not. I'm just gonna yeah. leave it alone.
0: I was looking for a hat to hide my greasy hair, and the only thing I could find was my skiing. Like, uh, to
1: keep you nice and warm. Uh, Nice. You know, I've noticed with that, you sort of look like an Among Us character a bit, you know? Yeah. So let's put that for the clickbait thumbnail. (laughs) That's what we'll put.
0: But I'm not going to wear that. It's not, it's actually pretty warm in our house. Yeah,
2: now your hair looks a lot better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to put my hood up like this. And now we're going to do the episode. Nice. You look very cute. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been an eventful morning, honestly. Uh, I I spent a lot of it actually watching people try to drive on the ice mm. outside. Yeah. They couldn't. It no, doesn't seem like they should be. Either. Unless you have chains on your wheels. Yeah. You can't really drive on ice, as far as I'm aware. Um Yeah. And like a lot, a lot of like... Wyatt's cars got two foot of snow on it. It doesn't have two foot of doesn't snow. Doesn't
3: have two. doesn't. Josh tried to tell me that my car... Because he was... I said, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it looks like in some places they're getting there. I don't know, like a foot of snow. Uh, and yeah. Josh said, well, right here. Go outside and look at your car. There's two feet of snow on it. And I said, really? I didn't uh, notice that. Am I wrong? <laughs> I walked... <laughs> I walked outside. You're wrong. The whole car... No snow at all, not even an inch. And then on the very front, a, like a foot, maybe a foot and a half of snow just gathered that fell off a, the roof. That's a just foot and a half of snow in your car. I mean, it, it it formed a tip on the front of my car. There's yeah. just a two foot snow tip on the front of my car, and that you were trying to tell me that I had two feet of snow on my car. I'm a I mean, literal it's got man. Drip.
1: Your car's got drip. Yeah, it's, <laughs> icy. Really it's
2: icy. It's icy. It's a little bit <laughs> yeah, icy. Very yeah. icy bro. Ice and it's very icy. It's extremely icy. Ice in the tank.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, not really much has happened. Yeah. Um, eventful morning then. Yeah. It's, like it's you been, said. No, I've just been chilling. I've been like looking at the wildlife. Yeah. Of aspect. <laughs> nah, no, cool. At the what the hell we wildlife live in a is? Suburb. Out.
3: What are you talking about? Yeah, we, are you there referring was to the time people was driving?
1: No,
0: I don't know. He's been on Reddit again. Uh, The Uh, other morning I saw a squirrel in our back garden. Yeah, the other morning, not this morning, it's freezing cold, it's literally freezing, and there's snow outside. There's no wildlife. It's negative 13 Celsius, which I think is 10 freedom units, 10 Fahrenheit. Mm.
1: It's around 9 to 10 freedom units, yes.
3: Nice. I hope the Texan squirrels are uh, prepared for this kind of weather like do they gather nuts effectively throughout the winter i mean if our
1: now? if our entire infrastructure is shut down i doubt that i mean I, i'm who knows i don't know if the squirrels are going to be perfectly adapted they might they yeah. might but considering we're having to ration power and we're all everyone's huddling around bonfire like bonfires and trash can fires and stuff <laughs> people can't drive in the streets everyone's skidding around i went to the grocery store last night because i was like or two nights ago because my parents were like you need to go mm. you need to go like it's not you're not gonna be able to get anything and I went and it was like apocalypse. It was like a literally apocalyptic. The stores, the shelves were empty. People were running around, shoving children out the way to get to the eggs. What? Like it was, I mean, not that bad, honestly, but the but the shelves were empty. And there were like carts strewn about everywhere because the employees had given up. The employees had just given up. It's like, they can't control this. <laughs> we can't control this. Like it's impossible. And so we were really lucky. I went to the store that uh, because otherwise i i would be totally screwed i'd be totally screwed if i didn't go to the store well
2: i'm i'm personally i'm annoyed because tomorrow is pancake day for all of the uk people (laughs) (laughs) it is tomorrow is like uh, what do you guys call it mardi gras Uh, okay something you you guys just steal the spanish version do mardi
1: gras and pancake day do they overlap for a reason yeah, or is they're that literally the same
2: thing it all comes from the uh, the um, christian tradition of lent it's the beginning of lent so it's how Fat did Tuesday. one become
1: mardi gras and the other one become pancake day
2: because because the church diverged very early on into two There's different pancakes paths.
1: And parties okay that's how one, they diverged
2: one which actually wants to be as frugal as possible so you have to eat all of your eat all of the food and and just put it into the worst thing possible so just dump it into a pancake and Is eat it shovel it into frugal? your mouth you must only eat two-dimensional food if you're a protestant and the others <laughs> the catholics are out there with with great feathers on their head like partying it up because what it's the fucking troves do tuesday that?
0: Huh? I never. I, I grew up Catholic. We never did that. We well, were just sat I mean, home depressed.
2: Irish Catholics are a different breed, though, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that, that is slightly different. It yeah, is. I was gonna say. Where was Mardi Gras when I was growing up? Well, Mardi Gras is a Spanish thing, though, isn't it? Mm. I, I don't was know it, what. The, I, don't I thought know. it was like
1: a combo French because, like, it's yeah, Louisiana it might be French that really as well. does it. So I it's I like a it combo explains. of like everything Creole. I feel. Yeah, you know? sure. I don't know. There's yeah, maybe there's probably someone French, in Louisiana that's really mad at us right now. There's probably someone in Louisiana that's really oh, mad about this. Know, that
2: that entire little spiel has angered twenty percent of the people watching. <laughs> I would say <laughs> wrong language, Irish wrong Catholic, culture, King wrong rugby. religion, wrong, <laughs> wrong everything. All I can tell you of us for sure is that when I was growing up, Shrove Tuesday is Pancake Tuesday. You eat pancakes. What do you need for pancakes? Eggs. Don't have any eggs. Why it's been hoarding all the eggs. And there aren't any left in the shops. No uh, delivery drivers coming out. Can't make any pancakes. Listen, it's going to be horrific.
3: Don't get mad at me because you haven't been rationing your eggs like I have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we can start the episode.
0: No. But before... <laughs> okay, before we do, I want to say one more thing. Okay. I've, yeah. Very um, cute pancakes. I've abs- yeah, I've forgotten. What? <laughs> All
4: right, well, what? never
0: mind. Let's just start. The there was something then. I did want to say, though, but it wasn't the hell. Oh, the oat milk. That's right. Speaking of rationing in the mm. supermarkets, one quick thing yep. I, I ordered just a tiny little delivery of groceries, just some avocados and stuff. Yeah, because uh, I'm bougie, bougie like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I finally joined the middle class. I'm ordering online groceries just for avocados. No, it was, the, <laughs> but I ordered some. I don't think this, that's,
1: is that a middle class <laughs> thing is only ordering avocados? <laughs> no, like, is no, that, I, I feel the, like that's not. Nice. I
0: can afford the delivery fee the just thing, for avocados. The thing that I ordered alongside it is very middle class, which is oat milk. I got on that oat <laughs> milk oat wave.
3: Milk, is it middle class? For oh, you? I feel oh, like yeah. oat milk is oh, very yeah. much like, oat uh, milk is trying right. to increase your male libido. What are you getting all this oat milk for? (laughs) What? Is that what oat milk does? Does oat milk increase male libido? I've been using oats wrong, very very wrong the entire time. All right, listen. listen Are you sure this isn't some... I'm giving you a little secret (laughs) tip and trick here. (laughs) some hidden wisdom. increases your...
2: I mean, I've I've eaten a lot of oats and never had a problem, but I didn't think
0: there was a correlation. (laughs) I... Yeah, you've just reminded me of okay, well, I can really walk this, water. Yeah. But I tried to order oat milk and the guy who my my delivery driver was panicking and he texted me saying, Brennan, I don't know how to describe this and I've never seen anything like this before. But it's just no oat milk. <laughs> He's sent me a picture and it just cleared out. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, just replace it with whatever you want. And he took like an hour to replace it. And he was like, Ah, oh, do you want me to replace it? And I'm like, Yeah, I've just asked you to replace it like an hour ago. But yeah, it's uh, mm. I can I can kind of relate to that devastation you know, in the almond. shelves. Yeah. Anyway, almond but, milk is much worse. Of asked now. I, yeah. I like I, the reason no. I've been drinking oat milk is because I've been mixing into my protein shakes, which. It's pretty it's pretty nice. You don't break out as often cuz you're not drinking as much dairy, you know? At least with me. I you know, you break out a lot if you consume a lot of dairy. Like oat milk, it's like a happy medium.
2: Yeah, it's a it's skincare review today on Plant Chat. <laughs> yeah, and male libido yeah.
1: <laughs> review. Le- we have both. Skincare Le- and male libido. <laughs> which which grain is right for your penis? I don't know. Let's see.
0: Um, all right, let's Let's G1. start. Let's begin the episode, <laughs> starting with the weapon changes that was oh, not announced right. but kind of leaked. I believe it was Nick who, Nick, uh, yeah, who uh, who ended up uh, kind of like. Is it saying, a leak if he's a developer? If he's just a Riot developer and he's working on it? Like the Riot devs the, announced things a lot. Well, who on was Twitter the previous Riot dev who used to stream a lot and would he would leak stuff all the time? They've left now. Oh,
3: yeah, the guy who's no longer there? What? I don't even know who you
0: mean. I can't recall. There was a dev that used to stream a lot. And, I I mean, HR must have had a field day with him when he was working (laughs) (laughs) over on Valorant. Because he was just constantly leaking stuff on his stream. I was like, whoa. Uh, But, yeah, apparently. I mean, not apparently. This is going to be happening. There's going to be some frenzy changes. There's going to be some stinger changes. The clips have been deleted. Oh, Which implies that... So I guess it kind of was a leak. I guess it kind of was a leak. I mean, did they uh, also confirm
1: Stinger? Did they confirm Stinger? That? I thought it was only Frenzy. It,
0: in, so this is Hearsay. I'm, I'm reading ah. the whispers of the land. That's fair. That's uh, fair. To, 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 because I didn't see the clip. But yeah. in his stream, apparently, there was discussion of as well them changing the, the damage numbers of the Stinger. Um, but the thing that was more concrete was the frenzy change which I think they're raising to 500 credits
2: yeah Nick we, I saw um, the clip and he said the the small clip that I watched said they are going yeah. to change the, fren- the frenzy up to 500 credits in the next patch mm-hmm. now whether if the clip has been <laughs> with the clip being <laughs> deleted maybe actually this is like not true and so Nick deleted it being like oh, oh, I remembered his name whoopsie daisy Morello oh yeah did he yeah. stream a lot I yep. mean, I know that Morello yeah. tweeted a bunch of stuff and he was like leading a lot of the departments, yeah. but I didn't yeah, realize he, he, streamed. he streamed, streamed a lot as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I think the Frenzy and the Stinger need changes. It's absolutely time to change them. I think making it 450, 500, all good. As long as you can't buy Stinger and armor mm-hmm. together, it's good. Frenzy is a very powerful weapon, but it's not, it's not more powerful than the Ghost. It's just that you could also buy armor on the pistol rounds. And yeah. it was extremely
3: annoying to deal with. Yeah. I, it, I I think that's the perfect change for the frenzy. I don't think the actual numbers or what the frenzy does is too powerful. It was just too little cost for what you were getting. So mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect change. Yeah.
0: So nice, nice moves. And if they change the stinger while they're at it, I'm happy for it. Yeah, I mean, the stinger
3: is actually too good. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Because it, it, it should be a thousand. I think that's a, a, an appropriate place for what they were intending the usage of that gun to be, but it's overtuned. It's crazy overtuned. I mean, like, either the damage or the
2: rate of fire needs to be decreased, in my opinion, because the yeah. DPS you get out of the Stinger is just ridiculous. And may- maybe even you could do a tweak to the running and gunning aspect of it, too. But I feel like that's yeah. kind of its purpose, is that you're supposed to be able to get value out of it in that sense. Like that's, Really? I think that's kind of what differentiates SMGs from the rifles in this game a lot as well, is that you can use the mobility while still being somewhat like you can still find a little bit of value out of them i just think that they shouldn't be able to do that much damage like because if they can't do as much damage then you have a much wider window with which to punish them for just running around like a crazy person but it's the same as like the bucky and the judge like do i think they should be completely inaccurate when when jumping around no it's it's kind of cool it's like a niche usage of the gun it feels weird when you get killed by it but
0: otherwise who would use it i they did nerf the They've had multiple nerfs of shotguns. Yeah, mate, tell that movement. to all the raise players jumping around.
1: But the bucky is still. <laughs> oh, people start. still fear the bucky, like all the time. Like people, really? I've heard people. Yeah. yeah, in Raze... like I've heard. Like I think it was like it was steel or one of the one of the except mm-hmm. guys were streaming and some they had some notorious Raze player and he was jump packing in. and He had the bucky and everyone was like run, just run. Like just, <laughs> they, they just like ran away from the bucky player. Like yeah. so it's still powerful. But what was yeah. I was the name I do of the guy that was? What was the name of the guy doing it in Brazil? Oh Brazil! Oh,
2: Hastad, yeah, Hastard, yeah. this oh, big, Hestad, yeah, yeah, he's like a big uh, streamer that plays on one of the top teams in Brazil as he well. He plays on and Slick, he, right? Yeah, he plays for he plays Slick, like he's a and he menace. he is actually a menace. He's double blast packing <clears throat> in with the Judge yeah. or with the Bucky on. Fifty percent of the rounds, I wanna say, and getting value with it. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: it's kind of, I mean, I, I think it was the Korean region, right? That was calling for nerfs.
2: Yeah, Bunny was using it constantly yeah. in F four Q, and now the new raise player for that team is doing it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the European scene has started using way more bucky too on defensive eco rounds, just five buckies.
1: It's from good. Center. It's good. People get a lot of value from it. Yeah. Like it actually it actually Brent is. I not realized bad. this in
0: beta. I did well, it was much stronger in beta. I mean, you were literally running and right clicking and killing people yeah, with yeah, it yeah. it was it was really strong um, yeah i mean i I'm happy with all the weapon changes that they've essentially they're theorizing, uh, and hopefully we see them soon Because, um, yeah, it was at that point in the game where I stopped playing, and the justification I gave for it was the running and gunning, the overpowered like weapons like the stinger, people just getting away with. What felt what, like, unfair mechanics, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you were playing and you died or something and you're like, that's not really how the game is supposed to be played. Yeah. Um, and that kind of turned me off from the game temporarily, at least. All so. of the
2: pistol rounds at the moment are so RNG, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I
0: mean, like, yeah. a lot of people have been talking about the game being
2: random or whatever. Pistol rounds where fi- where 10 players have frenzies are it's so chaos. random. It's yeah. chaos. It's It really is. like. Yeah. You can you can optimize some portions of it, but without utility and without... Like, when everyone's just got armor and a pistol that bursts, but in a random spread, it's, it's mental. It's mm-hmm. not
1: just the pistol either. It's the bonus too. People are saying how they feel like... I think Nitro and a couple others, I think we did, we're talking about how... And then someone from Ghost, I can't remember which player, but like the first five... They feel like the first five rounds of the game, the four to five rounds are like, who's going to Stinger better? Like, okay, you pistol, and then you stinger, and then if you win bonus, just keep stingering. Why not? Yeah, just keep playing yeah, stinger after the bonus, double bonus. And, I mean, there has to be something changed.
0: Yeah, well, it sounds like they're working on it. So, there you go. Next in the news topics. There you go.
4: Mm.
0: Good big, segue. Big news. Thank you. This was big news. Uh, we missed this last time, but T1 have removed Brax and AZK. Um, and I believe they they said that Brax was the best player in North America. So, so that's, was why, skilled. They, that's yeah. why they removed yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and
3: also, did, what did they say about Azk? Wasn't it like he is the best teammate? I think he said yeah, might. incredibly supportive. They removed the best player
1: and the best teammate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they removed the best player and the best yeah. teammate because otherwise T1 were going to be too good. They were just looking out for the rest of North America. They didn't want T1 to be a dominant force. It reminds
2: me of the uh, Custer and Kooky stuff from <laughs> yeah. the Overwatch yeah. League, <laughs> where
0: Custer got benched for being
2: too smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's it's complete nonsense. It's just, yeah, it's just horseshit. Like, there's absolutely no way that what David Dennis is saying is actually the justification. There was no why given. <laughs> yeah, no. Like just they just th- There wasn't a why. He just said. Brax might be the most skilled player in NA. AZK was excellent. But we feel these are the moves we need to make T1 more successful in the long term. There's no why there. It's like very good political speaking to make you think that they gave you a reason. There was no reason given. Also, no one... I mean, okay, yeah, maybe you could argue it's not even that great. But it it was better than most orgs because at least they had Brax and AZK actually talking in the announcement about them leaving. So it makes it seem like Brax and AZK are on board, that they're like... That they left amicably. Sure. We, we have no idea whether they actually left amicably. Sure. Like, we have no idea whether Brax was removed or whether he chose to leave. It seems ridiculous that they would remove
3: Brax, honestly. maybe uh, You know what, though? I don't think it is. But I also feel like they don't have... Here's the thing. I think that they absolutely could have decided to remove Brax and tried to sign a better player. Because I don't think that Brax has lived up to the hype. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. Yeah, that's but very fair. But I also don't think they would have had the, the whatever, the fucking balls to do it, to, to cut him. Those, that's kind of where yeah. I... The, I'm trying to figure out which... Uh, I guess which thing is, is more prevalent. Like, is it their, their feeling that he wasn't actually good enough, so they cut him? Uh, and, and, uh, or is it... Uh, that they did cut him. But, it, it makes uh, no
2: sense to me that they would cut him and then say in the announcement that he's maybe the most skilled player in North America, yeah. unless they're just trying to uh, kind of appease the
0: fans that uh, that really do believe that. I think to, it's also because they built him up so much from the, from the get-go. Yeah. He was their, their, their golden boy, you know, their star yeah. player, and it would be weird for them to remove him and be like, oh, actually, it's... Not. I mean, even in this announcement video, I think they had Brex... Saying a couple of things like how much it meant to him to play for T1, la la. Blah, blah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's where I think this is coming from. But there's because... no answers here at all. No. Like no, it's no. just. And the other thing as well is in all of this, the, the thing that makes. <laughs> every time I see. Sorry. Every time I see David, I just think of how far artificial intelligence has come and the prospect <laughs> that it could just be a figurehead <laughs> AI that they have invented. Because it's always the same background, it's always the same front on camera view. <laughs> It, it could. He's a VTuber. It could be just a V, like oh a VTuber God. model, and it's a character they've created to to collect the hatred from the masses. We've also. I don't think we've realized, but if, I think vast internet yeah. has
2: died, or his powers died, or oh, something. Don't I? It's I. Uh,
3: <laughs> hello. <laughs> no, I'm so lost. right <laughs> am <laughs> <laughs> in the ether. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back like to the ether. But yeah, I, I I jumbled my words, but it's um. It's just so odd and difficult to try to piece together what actually happened because you can see the world. I feel where they did in where they did decide to cut him, but at the same time, you would think given how much hello, (laughs) but at the same time, you would think given how much, um, PR effort and money they put into that, yeah, 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 the marketing wouldn't, and because he's still a huge name, move up, and and it's also like he wasn't, he was playing fine, (laughs) he just wasn't, yeah, he just. They they built him up to be the the world beater player, and he just was not. But he was still good. Yeah, And I do think that they could have conceivably decided to remove him. But they could have conceivably
2: decided to remove any player on T1. There's no player on T1 that you would have... Apart from Skadoodle, maybe. But even Skadoodle, they benched at the beginning before he became like this elite-level player for the team. So, to me... I'm not mad at any of the moves that T1 makes, right? Like this new version of T1, okay, you expected them to struggle in the qualifiers. They didn't lose even to a good team this time around, particularly. But. Um, but that, that that's okay. You you want to give them a little bit of time if they truly believe that this is the way forward. But what I want to know is, and what I think the fans need to know more than just want to, mm-hmm. is whose vision is this?
3: Yes. Whose yeah, philosophy, that, I mean, that's what
2: whose I... vision is T1 playing under? Is, is Days making all of these decisions? If so, that's okay. I can understand how Dazed would have the balls, actually, yes. to cut Brax and AZK. That makes sense to me. But, you need to know that it's his vision, so that he has accountability moving forwards with the right. roster. But if it's not days like making the moves, then days should not have the responsibility of making the roster actually work incredibly well. Like you have to, CS has always been run by the IGLs, and T1 kind of comes from other read other like uh, esports other esports other where esports
0: backgrounds and also run more, more of by a, the top more down. Of a corporate. Influence now as well, yeah. With the uh, with when when Comcast acquired T One,
2: yeah, and and especially with them announcing a new head coach and then immediately making these moves, yeah. From the outside, you, I think most of the fans are just assuming that this is David Dennis's five head move that he's coming in and making these moves. If it is him, they need to say that it's (laughs) him because. The the fans need to know that this uh, I mean, is that, this is person that, is that, is making their
3: own. Is that a real question? I mean, there's no way it's him, bro. I don't think it's him, I mean, but, it's, but also there's, <laughs> no, uh, there's no way it's it him, could right. be. but we don't they, know they're anything they're about, gonna about gonna him. Know, <laughs> here, we
2: don't know we don't know anything about him. I is know. it so insane that T1 would hire someone I mean, to be a head coach and give them power when they come from like <laughs> things like
3: Overwatch and like um am losing it? I you know the more the like more I look at this. I feel like Bren's right. <laughs> Some kind of AI figurehead. Someone, the fucking master puppeteer who has put this all together, and that's where fraud's ethics come in. Man being replaced <laughs> by the machine. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to instilled listen, David? Listen, no, no disrespect
4: to
0: David, but it's... it's the <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect to David. I fucking I mean, <laughs> love the idea of fraud being against the AI uprising, <laughs> and that's why he has oh No disrespect to David. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but yeah, it it's the it's the it's the same it's the same camera angle, the background, <laughs> and also just the fact that it would be so easy. To recreate.
3: I mean, he's so he's so political. That's yeah, what it is. Like what you're saying, it, it is so political. But uh, where it do could the fucking dots connect? Exactly. Well, I mean, this is, well, that's this is the, the grand mystery
2: of T1. Oh, we've gone into the void again. Uh, oh, oh I see. Is fine. Oh, that's we haven't so gone into the actually. void. It's just us that can't see yeah. each other anymore. Anyway. Um, yeah, but what I was saying is, <sighs> I think it is feasible that someone you've so if we ignore everything that we've seen about about David Dennis. Also love his name. I love the alliteration. But I... Which, again, <laughs> lends itself to being an AI. <laughs> but, but I think... I think if you, if you kind of ignore all of the stuff that we've seen from T1, is it ridiculous that an organization at the beginning of Valorant would empower a coach that you've never heard of to make roster moves? No, I don't think that's ridiculous. Like I think yeah. that is something that organizations could do. Mm-hmm. And in a game like Valorant, you, you could... Come out of nowhere and still be a good coach, right? Like in theory, sure. you could come out of nowhere. No one's heard of you. Uh, like I hadn't heard of uh, Mike's, who does the the Immortal Minds podcast, and went on to coach G2 particularly. I've heard of what he's done within the scene, but mm-hmm. it's po- very possible someone could do some work behind the scenes for an org, end up in a front-facing position, and end up doing very well for the for the the org. I don't think these are crazy things, and if they have, but but it all comes back to. If he is the one making the moves, they've got to say he is. Yeah. And if it's Dazed making the moves, you've got to say he is. Yeah. Because otherwise, we're going to be memeing on the wrong people. We're going to be giving praise to the wrong people. We're yeah. going to be putting accountability on the wrong people as well from the outside. And that's I unfair. Mean, well, that's, mean, it's simply unfair. That
3: is what is happening right now, though, after that... Trem- I mean, look, it is a new roster. You can give them some time. But that game was a tremendous failure. That loss yes, to, to headshot percentage. So, and... Here's the thing. We can say that we're going to give them time, but other people on social media and shit are not going to give them time. No, They are going to rail on them for losing that game. Of course. And, uh, you know, obviously no one should get, you know, a, a, a certain level of uh, shouldn't be getting hate. You can criticize their play, but, you know, obviously you shouldn't be hating on them in the first yeah. place. But Look at this. in situations like this, th- there does need to be a level of accountability from someone um, yes, and
2: that's the but that, and that is the big sticking point to me is yeah. that I just don't know who should be getting the criticism here and like whose decision making should and be who will
3: eventually get raised if this roster does exactly. look out. because the thing with this roster right now is uh, this game I mean I'm gonna be honest this game doesn't matter to me. No, I, I mean, that, it, it, I said
2: I wasn't even going to go and watch the vod because it's irrelevant by the time ne- the next yeah. time T1 play, this game's going to be irrelevant because they'll have already improved so much, yeah. or changed roles or whatever the hell, that this game is irrelevant. Now I did go and watch the vod, and I wish I hadn't,
3: but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I definitely feel the same way, yeah but I did yeah I, but yeah, it really it doesn't matter because in a yep. few months the roster will by that point, there's no way there, there's no way that they're not going to improve from where they were at in that game? No. L- impo- no. Literally impossible. But it, they still have one opportunity, one more opportunity to make the Challengers
0: finals. Yes. yeah. Challenges the Challengers 3 qualifier.
2: I think so. I've forgotten how
3: it works, yeah, they, honestly. They should, yeah. 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 They can qualify for okay. Challengers 3. Right. So, so, uh, and and it what, should, a theoretically,
0: away? it gets easier mm-hmm. the, 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 longer, like, the later into the Challengers you get because teams are, are qualifying for it.
2: Yeah, 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 true. Um. um I think, though, that... Well even when I look at this version of T1 and Kirk could you bring up the the like stat line again and, and kind of the roles that everyone was playing so that people can uh, can see what I'm talking about as I walk it through I saw a lot of people in my chat who were telling me about this game before I'd watched the vod were yeah. saying yo T1 looked terrible they're back to their old ways of playing really slowly etc cetera, etc cetera. but at least spiders on the right role now he's actually on the yeah. jet and you look at the you look at the amount of kills that he was able to get and you could see how people would come to that conclusion he's not on the right role no, guys he is not all. on the Right role.
3: I have... Okay. That Ascent game was a freakish nightmare of a past Vision Strikers. (laughs) The amount of... I have never seen a team go for more Flash and Dash plays. And I checked. They did it five times. Not one time did it result in them having a player advantage.
2: No, it didn't. It was all awful.
3: It was was just all off. I don't know who was calling them because in the middle of them, two of them, the first two spider saw that there was a turret and still the play went off and then they just fell apart no it 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 was was so it it was was really poor So poor poor. like
2: the the decision making and the positioning and the timing of peaks and stuff from spider was way off and uh, okay i mean putting an op in his hands makes sense when you consider his like history playing overwatch where he was a sniper as well but he he's just not suited for this role it doesn't make sense he's not the spearhead for the team and he shouldn't be and it also puts Skadoodle on an incredibly supportive Thank role on the breach it doesn't make any sense Skadoodle was a top 10 player in North America when he was playing the jet for this team yeah, why asked. would you I mean but, if you want to take him off that role put him on the Sover at least and put Days on breach so that at least then Days is playing the supportive role also just just this round is just I mean chaos. this round
3: is actually yeah uh, Well, that's the thing as well I mean the headshot percentage team they are an amateur team so you know, give them some credit for winning, and also, you know, I cut them a lot of slack for the mistakes that they were making. But this was not—they—they they have not been like a tier two mainstay or no. anything. They were not a. This great is a tier team. three team. They were uh, uh, best, not, I think. Not, you, not say. A, you know, we don't
0: have to rail on them too hard. No, I'm but not I'm not to rail on them. No, 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 I mean like T1 as well as a team. I mean they.
3: Yeah, but it's important to started just the... saying that this is a new team and they need time. Yeah, but also if you watch these games. Like, I think that they were being, to Josh's point, they were being framed the wrong way.
2: So, yeah, the, the question, I think, really is, it's not about whether or not they're good, right? It, that doesn't matter. We've said that. It doesn't matter. What the question really is, does this roster look promising for the future? And do the roles look promising? The roster itself... Looks all right. Like, automatic looked Mm -hmm. like he was okay. Like, I could see a future for that guy in the game.
3: He just looked mega fresh to me. Yeah. He just Uh, needs time.
2: And Curry? don't know. I haven't really seen enough of him, to be honest, to be able to form a proper opinion on him. Yeah. But the T1 roles, I don't think those look promising. While I could believe in the roster, you could sell me on this roster, even having cut Brax and AZK, you could sell me that a month or two down the road, they actually perform better than a previous T1. I would be surprised, but I could believe it. Do I think they'll do it on these roles? No. I just don't think that this is the right, right setup for them. I, I think you've got your players in the in the wrong positions here. And, yeah, it was, it was almost most surprising to me that people came away from this believing that at least now Spider's on the right role as the duelist. Because my big takeaway from this was this is the only role where Spider's looked really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, even when he was playing The Omen and he was playing kind of very formulaic styles that were easy to read at least he had an idea in his head of what he wanted to do how he wanted to execute it here he's out of timing with the rest of his team too far forwards from them not synced up with flashes movement through smokes is poor decision making on when to when to peak and when to use utility was poor like the guy needs way more time if you actually want to put him on the jet and i'm not convinced it's the right role for him at all
3: i i absolutely want them to just get skadoodle back on jet it is so clearly his best agent it is so, so evident at this point. I actually thought his breach was pretty good. Um, he was finding some good timing. What outside, his breach was actually at its best outside of all of the set plays that they were going for. Um, but still, his jet was too good for him to not be on it. Um, and at that point, I think you just try and, and run two duelists and have Spider back on Phoenix Rays. I mean, I think that's where he looked at his best now. Pretty evident that the, the other duelist role is open. And then from there, you could have you know days play the the Sova breach spot, um, and I, I suppose if they want to run both, they they could potentially have Curry play the other. And yeah, automatic he's just mega new, and he just needs time. Um, but to go back to something I said earlier, again, this is just this game doesn't actually matter. Like, no. Th- there's no way that this is going to be the continued look of the team, and also their. It is literally I, again. I. It is literally impossible for them to not improve from here. They're just too fresh. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, it's to to revisit over the coming months because this is I, a uh, very significant move. The, but you really. Oh uh, God. Again, you can you can criticize the play, but you can't be too judgmental, to some extent. You know? Yeah. Yeah. they have a round three,
0: three, Josh. Huh. No, no. no.
2: It's just that watching it reminds me of how bad it was. Yeah. But
0: anyway. I mean, it happens when you shake up the roster.
2: It does. It does. Um,
0: It happens. Uh, TSM is another team that was, uh, you could argue, I think, disappointing, I think, for TSM fans. But in terms of actually how they played in this qualification match, uh, the the very last match before they ended up getting knocked out of the qualification uh, bracket was generally quite a good series. It um, was, yeah. But they failed to make challenges too. They had a, a tough time of it, I would say, in terms of their side of the, the qualification. They had a really hard bracket. I yeah, mean, you
2: compare yeah. that to like FaZe or even Envy or something, and TSM it had is. a very hard bracket. Like Envy get a free run, FaZe get a free run, essentially. And TSM have to face Dignitas and G, who are two teams that are punting for Tier 1, honestly. Yeah. I mean, then I wouldn't say either of them are quite there yet. But they are both definitely. How many like times
0: have FaZe squeaked by as well? <laughs> yeah. It feels like they, they always get the golden
3: ticket. Yeah. yeah. Every it, single time. It yeah. really does seem to happen often. But
2: but for TSM, like the the game over Dignitas, TSM were on fire. Yeah, they actually skill diffed a lot of the Dignitas players, and it was only really Rara that could keep up. I mean, Rara was pounding in that series as well but the whole of dig generally looked like a functioning team they look they actually looked like a really good team Mm -hmm. it was the best game of the bracket up until tsm gen g which was also an incredible game where wardell's just playing like a freak tsm players are on fire all over the place but the um the they're just not quite i don't know they're not they're not quite all there as a as a team they're like the the Setup and the teamwork and the ability to deal with Gen G playing a slightly
3: faster tempo wasn't there this this day. Yeah, I think what was most impressive, at least for Gen, uh, one takeaway that was very impressive from Gen G's win is that TSM were playing very well and they had been playing very well throughout the entirety of it. Which is also some credit to Dignitas for our, keeping it, you know, relatively close and playing well against. Like you said, it was just a TSM on fire. Wardell was playing excellent the entirety of the uh, the tournament that we had seen. Rone was having great moments. Sabrosa looked really good. I actually really liked the Sabrosa Sky. I thought that they were one mm-hmm. of the teams that were getting a lot more value out of the Sky utility, um, especially the alts. I like the way that they were using the Seekers, where they would basically just have like three of them grouped up with Sabrosa in front, and he would just send out the Seekers on a sight hit, and they would just follow them really closely behind, mm-hmm. rather than. That seems to be like a. Th- typically, it's like a throwaway alt. Like yeah. You just kind of, what? Oh, we're in a post plant? Sure. Like something like that. But they were actually using it to set up with executes. Yeah. And they were getting a lot more value out of it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for TSM, playing, playing well, players were on fire, but they ran into just a rejuvenated Gen G who have just seemingly turned over a new leaf. I think that they fixed. A litany of the issues that they were having, and I think the ascent game was a great highlight of that, because in that game they they sometimes they went back to old reliable. They tried to do the a site hit <laughs> with win dashing in, yeah, yeah. and the same thing happened that you would see before, where they would kind of get like clumped up in the choke. They couldn't yeah. really get in. The support wasn't really there for win. They would just dribble in too slowly on the hits. Sean wasn't there. And then you compare that to every other round on that map, um, and they were playing with so much pace. They were so decisive. They were pushing constantly. They were taking map control constantly. Sean was taking point all the time on all the fights, which is exactly... Well, it was a a huge improvement from Sean, but it's because how they were playing has actually enabled him. Because in the old system, I think he was in this spot where he was just kind of ending up playing more passively but the way that they were playing in these games they were constantly pushing for areas of the map and constantly pushing to take advantageous fights and he was always taking point on all of them in mid rounds and he was finding mega value in that and he was having some pretty successful lurks too but i think that this the way that they were playing this this faster style this more decisive play style has just fully enabled him, which has mm-hmm. been the problem for, for so long with their mm-hmm. team that I just don't how, think he's been in the right spot. I was gonna say, how far do you think this Gen G is gonna
0: go? This version of Gen G now that we've actually they've qualified alongside
3: FaZe and Envy.
2: They look like the best version that I've seen. Right. right. They
3: really the, I mean yes, this, yeah, yeah, this absolutely. Was the best Gen G map that or match rather that I've seen and it's, in, in like five months. And
2: it's not because Cooster's better than his like former replacements like wh- whoever was playing the Cypher in the past they've rotated it through a bunch of players but eventually it was player one that ended up being dropped but that, that isn't the big thing the big thing was that they were playing differently mm-hmm. and I also want to point out that they've really got an interesting way of playing Icebox and it's catching a lot of teams off guard um, when they play Icebox, they love to do pushes through the tube and and through middle, and they push through to the defend uh, to the defender spawn a lot of the time. I, I want to say maybe four out of the twelve attacking rounds were Genji pushing into their the defender's spawn, which is a large amount, like a third of the rounds. They're in your spawn. It, it was a a big theme of their attacking half, and um, it. it- it changes up the way that you defend. When a lot of these teams are used to defending fast sight hits, you tend to focus on the extremities a lot at the beginning of the round. And when you have to change that up so that you have to pay a lot of attention to tube and to mid at the beginning of the round and then go back to the extremities, it messes with the way that teams heads play, and it conditions them to leave the extremities open later on in the half, so that you can get more easier sight hits in later yeah. later down the half I think the Genji have some great ideas of how they want to do that, Mikhail's got a lovely like double bounce recon dart that lands in Kitchen that lets the rest of his team walk up knowing that Kitchen is free it's like, yeah, they've just got some great ideas when it comes to Icebox, which was obviously a map that was never really available
3: for them to, mm-hmm. to play in the past, and it bolsters their map pool pretty well yeah, I mean, they also could have <clears throat> won the series too well. On ascent, Wardell dropping thirty-one and winning multiple clutches. Yeah. To, to actually bring they that actually looked like Tia the better Zin team on ascent, in my yeah. opinion. Which yeah. it 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 was so it was genuinely great to see because I feel like for the longest time, whenever we talk about Gen.G... We are just rehashing the same narrative mm-hmm. over and over and over and over. Yeah, And they had clearly addressed the, the issues that we were having for f- so long now. Um, and uh, you have to give a lot of credit to that, I feel, to their, uh, the new coach as well, MC, who just came in over the past few weeks. Sure, yeah, I good mean, point. Had to have had tremendous impact. Um, Who's IGLing for them now?
2: Does anyone know? Is I mean, it still GMD?
3: I, I was under the impression it was still GMD, but I, I don't know if that's changed.
2: Mm, yeah. Because um, that would also be something interesting if they
0: had swapped over the IGL.
2: I mean, that um,
3: would
0: explain part of it. I,
2: I also think, though, that TSM were really lacking something in this match, and I, I know that Sabrosa did have quite a bit of impact throughout the, the series. I mean, not so much on Icebox, but I don't really know that that was his fault. But I think that they are missing that do you remember when they were playing the triple duelist and he was just dominating an area of the map with rays yeah, yeah. and then when uh, he was yeah, playing he was. like the um the omen and he was just able to dominate one area of the map when you have him on the sky i wasn't really convinced that he's able to to do that to like do the Sub Rosa stuff um obviously we catch him there like lurking finding a pick in mid but it's not like he can take an area of the map and just make it his own. And that, I feel, was something that really benefited them, especially on Ascent in the, in the past. Like when I think about how he used to work the B main area, it was essentially... It was giving them wins because they had that map control. And I feel like they were lacking that in this series. The, the double smokes and the sky are interesting ideas, but I don't think this was the best um, strategy that we've mm-hmm. seen from TSM. I think the, the players were popping, um, but the strategy wasn't peak TSM. But I can appreciate that they're trying
0: new stuff. What do we think of Phase? <laughs> what do you make of Phase, Clad? Because the narrative we're running with is that they kind of squeak through another challenges.
3: I mean, they, they do. Yeah. I mean, they played against version one, or I, I forget what the scores of that map even were, if you want to.
2: Or, Version um, one are a team that people might not have heard of, but you'll have heard of the players, right? Because they're yeah. player one, FEs um, and Vanities on that team some as well.
3: Yes, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, also a, a fairly solid team that had been put together, but yeah, they what was that? They took yeah, they took a map off Phase and then took on the last one. Yeah, and then Phase bring back the last two, and then they played BBG after that for the qualifying spot. Just another, you know, BBG are like a tier two mainstay
2: team. I, I watched this um, game though on on stream. I did a yeah. co stream of this game, and it was it was a bad game. Like it was, it bad, was bad. Like the phase guys were getting away with murder, pushing out different areas, just trying to go for plays constantly. It was they were all over the place, and they were getting punished on ascent. But then BBG just couldn't. BBG don't have the discipline and the awareness of the Tier 1 team where they can punish FaZe repeatedly for their Mm -hmm. uh, sloppy play. And so what you end up with is FaZe just kind of muscling through these games against the teams that can't stop them. Um, uh, And they do occasionally, if their plays are popping, have upset potential against Tier 1 teams. But
3: this is nothing new for FaZe. This is the same old, same old. It was Yeah, it was just more of the same. I mean, you could just insert... Our last discussion about phase, I think, just put it right here. Yeah. We'll hear the exact same things. Yep. They haven't changed. I mean, and this is, I, I was saying this to you when we were watching the game, but like, I sometimes, like, I'll see the players post stuff. Like, I, I, I think it was Baby Bay or something. Like, after they beat one of the teams on Icebox, it's like, well, we won just going A every round. And it's <laughs> like, that is, that is where they're at mentally. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, okay. It worked. Okay. We don't really need to change. I feel like this team just, they don't want to change. They're not going to change. They're going to be this team playing this style, doing what they do forever. It's hard to justify a change, though, when they're getting away with it. You know what I mean? But they're, I mean, are they? Well, they're never going to be the best at this playstyle. I mean, they're going to be like, I, I, I feel like right now they're around that like 12th to 8th spot NA and it's just going to continue to drop. Well, the
2: other I think there's another part to that as well though, which is if you're inside phase mm. uh, the or the the team, the roster itself when you're playing these games. If you if you get lost in the phase uh, mentality, you're really going to believe that the difference between when you beat the tier 1 teams and when you lose to them is purely your ability to turn up on the day. Because it, when they are all firing, when they can outskill their opponents, they actually can get upset wins over Tier 1 opposition. So I think they've kind of tricked themselves in their head to, to think that they just need to be all popping on the day in order to win a tournament, become the best team, whatever it is. And that's kind of their model for success is, oh, well, let's just frag out and we'll we'll actually yeah. be able to win. Um as long as they just need to be ice cold on the right day. <laughs> yeah. Just ice in their veins on the right day. Yeah, and that I think is it's it's very understandable that you could fall into that mindset as sure. a player on phase because they have won against Tier One teams. Yeah. And if the organization isn't bothered about making changes, the players are all friends. They all come from Overwatch and Marv's, obviously. Um and I can see why they wouldn't they wouldn't want to shift. And at some point, I don't know when it'll be. But at some point, maybe <laughs> I think the only thing that's yeah. going to shift this team is if, the, is if <laughs> one of the players really wants to become the best. Yeah. You need that hunger for greatness. True. <laughs>
3: <Chris. laughs> yeah. Ice in his veins. I mean, I, I feel like they're just content with what they're doing. Yeah. I, I, I think they're just content. I think they're just going to keep doing it forever. And it's at this point, it's it's just okay. (laughs) I've lost passion and interest in this in phase. In phase, fully. I I just
0: don't care anymore. Uh, I said on stream recently, it's so disappointing that the team that we were when we were discussing right at the beginning of, of this podcast about these teams coming in and phase was like announced as a team. We were like, oh, this team, you know, they should really be excelling with." things like utility usage and thinking about yeah. how they're using it and yeah. being very intelligent uh, with how they use it because they come yeah. from Overwatch. He they should be used know. to that. He doesn't we didn't know. fucking know, did we? <laughs> because it, this is the exact same case that we've been making every single time we talk about FaZe Clan, we talk about this team just playing absolute, full-on Zug Zug Valorant. Just yeah. inting most of the time and, 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 and kind of resting on their mechanical skill to, to power through these rounds and it's just... At this point, I'm bored. I'm bored of it. I think they need, yeah. they need something to shake them up because I think they will be perpetually always clawing above the tier two, but never really breaking yeah. pass in never winning a tournament.
2: But that comes down to the, pl- the players have to want it. I mean, like, yeah. The yeah. players have to actually want to no, not just I, but, be good, but be the best. But I think they do want that. They just don't know how is I- the issue. The problem is though, if you really want to be the best, but you don't know how you end up getting frustrated and your frustration leads you to make changes. And that has not happened at all in phase. Like, if these guys actually wanted to be great in Valorant, like, not just good, but they want to, you know, someone like Corey, for example, who has the individual mechanical ability and was hyped up by other players and other, like, um, analysts and content creators as being a player that has the mechanics to become one of the greats in Valorant. If he really wants it, then you would be getting you naturally would be getting frustrated with your inability to get into the tier one. And you'd be you 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 just are forced to get shitty with people. Like you can't people who are driven to be great like that can't tolerate not being great. And they don't I mean, just sit passively on the sideline and endure. You say
4: that.
0: I mean that that's it, it just is a recurring pattern across all sports and esports as well. And it kind of happened with Corey previously on the Washington Justice. What did? In terms of him being potentially the best player, if not the best player on the Washington Justice, but just the team. Uh, but but right, in but this case, I don't think he had that much of a say when he was on yeah, that exactly. team. I don't think but he has agency time, in the Washington Justice. But this time we were discussing like, how this team was formed, and it seemed like, again, this is pure speculation, but it seemed like Corey had a, a bit of agency in terms of what players yeah, were picked up.
2: I think he did. Uh, but,
0: but that's that's not to say he made the wrong decisions,
2: because no, 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 no. I'm not, I, think, yeah. I think this team could have done okay and would have been a great starting position to make some roster changes, make some moves, add a coach, that kind of stuff. The but those is, moves have not been made.
0: The thing is I when I look at FaZe Clan and I look at this this team as an organization, it feels like they are just lost in the ether in terms of who is making decisions for this team. Because it felt like FaZe Clan were like, we wanna we wanna get into Valorant. Let's pick up Corey. We, we, we yeah. know he's a great player from, what, Overwatch. There's a lot of hype coming in from him. Uh, and we'll let him build this roster. And then since then, it feels like they, the only input that has been put into Faceline as a team has been just on the, whatever, the monthly fucking spreadsheet. Where they're looking at, oh, how are our engagements doing for the Valorant team, you know? Like, yeah, do, but that, do, you, do you understand what I'm to- coming from when, yeah. I, when I say that? But like, that it might just like, be what the org cares about. Yeah, the I, it, it feels like the, the, there's no real incentive. It, it just doesn't feel like there's the, the drive to change things up to improve and, no. and break into that top 10.
2: I yeah. also want to add at this point as well, that the reason we mold about Faye so much is because you can see the potential for them actually getting good. And I mean good like a tier one team. They could yeah. be consistently tier one if they, if they fixed their style of play because the talent on this team
3: is extremely good in terms of like raw and, talent and look it would you're right and it would take a tremendous amount of work if it would if even yeah. possible yeah because you I wouldn't want to coach this uh, team oh no and absolutely. I wouldn't advise
2: anyone I know to go and coach this
3: team either I mean unless they're paying just asinine money yeah I mean it's just it's and here's the thing it's a tremendous amount of work that might not change anything yeah. that's the problem yeah. Could they maybe be a tier one team if they hypothetically were able to, to do all these things and a coach could pull it off? Yes. Can a coach actually pull it off? Will they listen? Will they care? I mean, this, Does was, it matter this was
2: one of the rounds where I mean, it's yeah. just, just Corey's just challenging down short it, with enough like time for Rob Wiz to scope back in. And BBG don't swing anybody on Rob Wiz to try and help. If they had done, Corey would have been punished, but he still gets punished because he hangs around just believing in his own ability to hit the shot until Rob Wiz has another op opportunity. Like these yeah. things are crazy that FaZe does. They don't have respect for their opponents and they get punished so hard for it occasionally. And then sometimes they can just skill it. But that I feel like they're doing the um what is it even called? It's like where you um where you're analyzing based on what um if you're analyzing based on what happened. Like, um, if it was successful, it was the right play. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I can't remember what it's called what that kind of analysis is called, but not everything that works was a correct idea at the beginning, and not everything that fails was a bad idea at the beginning. Those things are separate and should be separated in your heads, and it seems like that process isn't there for phase,
0: yeah uh, another team, I mean, we can move on to envy as well now, sure, um, but also we didn't we didn't mention it here, but I don't think it kind of needed to be mentioned, but 100 fees also qualified. Oh, we're going getting on to um, them next. After Envy. Are we? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we yeah are. because they're <laughs> the <laughs> You're right, we <laughs> are. You're right. Correct. correct, correct. I knew. I knew that. You knew, chat. He so knew. Any- <laughs> anyway, about Envy. Oh, yeah. right, Envy, <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean- th- this team, when we last saw them in Challengers 1,
4: mm-hmm.
0: I would argue that they had a bit of a a disappointing end to their run in Challengers 1 in terms of the way they went out. Uh, It was quite a sudden fashion. It was losing in the upper bracket in a 2-0, as far as I'm aware, and then immediately getting knocked out in the lower bracket. Yes, Um, against two on-the-rise teams,
2: teams, but it still seems like Envy are figuring stuff out. They're throwing their Omen roll around. They continue to, actually. I think they've been playing Mame on it recently. Um, Oh, well, actually, they've thrown it back to Caboose as well. Uh, They had Caboose full-time playing Omen. And, mm-hmm. and Food, full-time Duelist, which, are, if you remember back a couple of tournaments, Food was full-time Omen, and yeah. then a tournament before that, they were rotating the Omen between them. They clearly have an issue here figuring out what the roles should be. Um, and you talk about FaZe getting a free bracket, well, Envy got an even freer bracket. They played they against really Space Station and Renegades and Beast Coast. I mean, these are all, especially with Renegades having a rough time of it recently, <laughs> these are all just straight-up Tier 2 teams. Like, not yeah. even upcoming Tier 2 teams. They're just Tier 2
3: teams. Renegades, I feel, they're, they're just still in that stage of trying to find and then establish their identity as a team, which has just sort of been lost post-First Strike, mm. um, where they had the, you know, notoriously, they were just A-B, 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 and just winning rounds um, with ah, TikTok team quick aggression. Tick-tocks. Good busts, though. Yeah, but they were excellent coordinated bursts, but it got figured out. It got read. And then yeah. since then, they've just been struggling to find their identity. Their old coach left the team and now they just added strong legs who plays a lot of Sky. They're, they're playing a lot of Sage now. Uh, they're, they're trying to find their identity. They're trying to establish who they are as a team. Um, you know, can give them a little time because they have the new roster. Yeah. But it, it did set up Envy for a, a fairly easy walk into mm-hmm. the end of the main yep. event. I, I still don't... I don't think that the
2: dominance with which Envy qualified should give you too much confidence about their chances I mean, they did the same thing in two. the previous
0: one. Yeah, pretty challenges much. 1, they did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um,
2: so I, I don't think that any questions about Envy have been answered at this point.
0: It's a shame our Envy-dedicated
3: fan is not here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, a vast power one out. He'd probably have a lot to say. He would, he would have it. the inside of what Caboose was thinking about this week. <laughs> yeah. Caboose had for breakfast before they played today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I was just thinking, it's kind of weird, right, that Texas infrastructure can't keep up with what the AC being on. Don't the they deal AC with this being on? Because that's why there's rolling blackouts. Is because all these people have their heating on. Oh, They're blasting right. their mm-hmm. heating with the AC. Right. But don't they do that during the summer?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I haven't lived here for very long but, because I, I moved mean, here at the I, same time. But as But it you gets moved fucking here.
0: hot, and so they. Sh-
2: but it gets hot in LA, and they still have rolling blackouts when the AC gets cranked up to. But it, only when it's it.
0: really, really, really hot. But in, in well, it's it,
2: really, really, really cold right now.
0: Yeah, but I, I just, I don't know. I find it a little bit strange. Shouldn't, I, I, I don't know enough about how the power grid works. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for.
2: The admission of ignorance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'll admit if I'm ignorant about something. Well, not, I don't know anything about the power grid either. What I do know is... Yeah, but if maybe, I was interested, I would research I it. Maybe they do need to plan in advance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they do need to plan in advance for this kind of stuff. Like, if they're suspecting the power to really be well, ramped that's sort up, of
3: the, That's sort of the thing, though, right? This never happens, so it's...
0: Yeah, it's unexpected, so they wouldn't be prepared for it, I suppose. But, I, right. yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I just find it... I was just thinking that, and I was like, oh, it's kind of, kind of odd, because just because it's cold... It's the same as if the AC was being blasted with cold air, right?
2: Uh, I mean, not exactly the same, but yeah,
0: okay. Like, pretty, the, in pretty terms pretty of the power requirements. I don't know. And they don't really have See, that many... that's the thing.
2: I don't
3: know whether it takes I, more power I, to heat or whether it takes more power to run the AC. I think... Two Valorant analysts absolutely ignorant as to how the power grid works <laughs> and continuing to discuss their theories on how it may or may not work. Yeah, well, let's let's move it on. <laughs> oh, no background... Let's,
0: uh, let's move it. Like look, a little oh.
3: dog. Oh my <laughs> God!
0: That's a lot of snow. Is that in Texas? That dog is drowning. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> it's crazy. Put on the the guy feeding all the wildlife outside on his porch now. Let's not look at that. <laughs> that guy's that guy's crazy. Don't feed don't feed wildlife, guys. That, that's that's if you're gonna sure. take anything away from this podcast. <laughs> Don't feed wildlife outside um, (laughs) until you have 20 raccoons just gathering (laughs) on your porch. (laughs) I was watching that the other day. That was ridiculous. Uh, 100 Thieves. Mm.
2: Yeah, 100 Thieves. Great segue.
0: uh, It's a great segue. Yeah, Yeah. raccoons, Um, 100 Thieves. Easy. Nice. Well done. The the 100 Thieves team, obviously, uh, looking pretty dominant now that they've got Nitro back off of his uh yeah. you know is paternity leave his paternity leave it was short-lived but hey you know listen you're an athlete you gotta do what you gotta do you know you gotta grind every day waking up 4 a.m showered in the cold uh
2: is what it, is that is that <laughs> what? what nitro does
0: no <laughs> it, it's is, not necessarily what nitro what does but about? there's people out there that feel like you know i'm a grinder i'm out right. there working every day 4 a.m is when i get up mm. meditate for an hour cold mm. shower you know, like that's, that's their yeah. mindset because they've been brought up on the yeah. concept of zero gamers do that. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't really know where I was going with it. Besides yeah. the point, though, they ended up playing against Ambox. Yeah. Uh, and it was <laughs> dominant. It was pure dominance. I remember coming out says when you were watching this game, Josh, and you were like, you just told me to not watch it.
2: Yeah. The Ascent game. No one should bother watching it. Just assume that uh, that 100 Thieves won I every mean, single gunfight and you'll be there. Um, But Icebox was much closer. And if you take a look at Icebox, 100 Thieves basically had not a great idea of how to defend on this map. And it makes me wonder whether they've kind of been left behind a little bit in the Icebox meta. Because a lot of teams have been getting better and better at icebox you got gen g who now look pretty decent at icebox immortals and uh lg have both got decent ideas of how to play the map sentinels of course recently came out and they just put sinatra on the Rainer and started rolling people and the dapper sage so a lot of teams at the moment over the last two weeks three weeks have been making severe improvements on icebox and i wonder whether 100 thieves having not been forced to play it against t1 uh Tier one opponents uh, has left them with a little bit of a gap. Yeah, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I do like that they do on the defense is that they um, they they focus on controlling mid at the beginning. But what I'm not a big fan of is that they don't do it with the the. I don't think they have the right agents to be able to play this map perfectly. And I also think that the allocation of their agents to like certain sites to hold was not effective. They ended up not being able to hold on to mid very well. And also, Steel was kind of trying to hard anchor green on his own and ended up getting picked there repeatedly. And his killjoy utility was pretty useless as well. So I think they need to rethink how they're approaching the defensive side. But their attacks... Listen, Steel is still a genius at being able to find lurk timings when they're attacking. His lurks through tube, his lurks through mid, all based on pressure being applied to one of the sites were genius like they were actually so good um so they still got a chance of winning this game but but the reason that i bring this up about icebox with 100 thieves is that that's the map that it always comes down to when they play against sentinels so right. if they actually end up matching up at some point in the bracket for Challengers Two, this map will be pivotal and you've got to think like this version of 100 thieves that squeak the win out in like a comeback over and after rolling them 13-2 on ascent We'll have to go up against Sinatra just running at them on Rainer, and I'm not sure that they can handle it at this point.
0: That's that's but, my question.
2: But hopefully they put in some work before the actual main event.
0: I'm wondering because they haven't played like uh, presumably they've been scrimming against a lot of these the come up of the North American teams. Yeah, like Exet, LG uh, Immortals, but. Is there now a gap that's developed? Because the last time we really saw this team play, they were at the top of their game, um, and I, I still think that's the case. I'm not saying that they've now they're not they're not going to be capable of winning uh, challenges too, but um, I think the competition has definitely stepped up across the board. Yeah, in, I think in it all of, in the entirety of North America, teams have gotten a lot better very quickly, um, and it's it's. Pretty exciting, I think. There's a nice storyline coming into this, actually, as well. If you really want to go there, and in in terms of how well you think and expect 100 Thieves to do now that this new kind of meta is developing, where certain teams are getting so much value out of this contact play style, how are they going to adapt to it?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Because I don't think 100 Thieves are going to be the team that tries to just do a Sentinels and skill it against Mm -hmm. these other teams, like. They're not going to go into a series against Shut Up and Immortals or against Thief and a Proto on LG and try and take the body duels. them and take right. the jewels. Yeah. I don't think that's the style of 100 Thieves. I think Steel's going to try and play it really smart and try and set up a lot of trap plays around the map for them and this kind of stuff, and that's going to be their answer. They'll have a very different way of dealing with it. But we haven't seen what that answer is, and we haven't yeah. seen whether it's going to be effective. So still a lot of questions about 100 Thieves and whether they can continue their like, number one, two spot
3: in... NA. on the other side though and box the new roster they decided to put poach on the bench their longtime in-game leader they brought in rebo who used to be the in-game leader for moon raccoons always a pretty solid player in my mind was always creative when he was on cypher always had interesting setups interesting cam usage with his ability to lurk and put to, uh, forward utility pressure onto the enemy team always pretty good to me but never was really a big fragger i mean he would find some impact kills and he would do a good job of getting map control and he led the team but not a particularly great fragger fairly similar to poach really Mm -hmm. i feel like in some ways they kind of replaced poach with new poach (laughs) and i don't know if that is the answer for them as so, like, uh, you know, last week we were talking about Anbox, and I just feel like the problem with that team is that their firepower is just not high enough across the board for them to actually be able to yeah. compete with the tier one teams. There's, I, the way I put it, it's like there's a threshold that the other teams cross in firepower where if they have X amount, Anbox just can't win. Um, and that was, I mean, listen, I was tuning in and out of the Ascent game. I'd join in and back, and I'm like, okay. Three of them still have zero kills. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean they were just struggling over. so hard. That, I mean, that was even over. more
2: of a struggle than normal for Anbox. I yeah. mean they had um they they had kind of swapped the roles up too. So Boy was playing the Sova, Seb was playing Omen, and then um wait, who am I missing there as well? Oh uh, uh da, 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 da. Oh yeah, and then Rebo was playing the Cypher, which was weird because on some of the other maps as well, Rebo was playing Viper on Split and uh, Sova when it comes to the other maps, too. I can't even remember which one. And then on Icebox, you saw him playing the Sova just then as well. So I, I, I don't think that makes any sense for Anbox. I think that they are struggling at the moment with Rebo being... like. My theory is that they wanted to move slightly away from the mega-tactical style of Poach's I- IGLing, and they wanted to go more towards... Um, a little bit of free flowing, or more reactive, perhaps, mm. um, as as Rebo was calling, kind of gather some information and work off the info rather than having a tactical plan for every round. Uh, which, okay, I can I can understand you wanting to go in that direction. Rebo though does not definitely doesn't add any firepower. You could argue he even remove some firepower having Rebo on um, on IGL instead of Poach, um, but I don't think it makes a large difference either way. But what it does do is it kind of messes up your natural roles, because. Rebo isn't a silver player. And clearly they do want him on Cypher on some maps because that's what they're currently trying. And it just leads to a mess where he's... You're now putting um, Boy and Seb on uncomfortable roles too to kind of make up for it. It it feels like Anbox have not figured out the solution
3: at all, to be honest. I mean, it does... I'm assuming this is sort of just like a trial period since there was no official signing of yeah. Rebo. So we don't even know if they're going to go with him. Um, I mean, he, he, is a, he is a good player and definitely deserves to be on like at least a tier two team. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I just, don't, I just don't see this as the fit for them. I just don't think this is the solution. Um, I think they, if they really wanted to level up I think they needed to bench multiple players at this point. Mm. I just don't... I, I think that this is... Yeah, genuinely, this just feels like they're adding up... Basically, they just added a new poach and the exact same problems will persist moving forward. That's, that's what this looks like to me.
2: I'd like them to try a style that isn't so much tactical as it is empowering Android to... Fuck. <laughs> I want them to try and play some, like... I don't know, like the flash and dash kind of stuff where they're just yeah. loading kills onto Android or having Android play um, maybe on the 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 Rainer, but you're always creating space for him to be able to farm. I, I don't know what the answer necessarily is, but with the skill that Android has, the fact that he's not able to really do much on this team is a problem. Unboxer not putting him in a position to
3: pop off. The problem part of the problem with that though as well is that Android's best agent to me is definitely his Phoenix. Yeah. And Phoenix is not, you can pop off on Phoenix, but not in the same way that you can on Jet or Reyna. Um, with Jet, with the Dash, your teammates being able to so effectively set you up. Um, Reyna, he, when he plays Reyna, he's okay, but he's not as good as he is on Phoenix. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that's... It's not necessarily a problem, but I do, I do think that puts him in a place where he can't be set up to hard carry in the same way as a Jet main player would or a raina main like shot up, you know? Yeah. So I think that that is something that can be worked around, though, um, because he's still... I mean, he's really good, and he, he does have games where he carries on Phoenix, but yeah, I, I'm not thrilled about this move, but listen i'd love to see it work out but i just don't think this is the solution give them a bit of time yeah we'll see uh as well
0: yeah Uh, i mean it's it's yeah it's a shame we don't get to see them play for a a while i think what like it be another three weeks until challenges three or is it maybe two maybe two probably two weeks weeks, actually yeah in hindsight but yeah it's uh yeah I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they end up doing. So, we've got our teams. We know who's playing in the Challengers 2. Mm. So, now it's time to make some predictions. And, I love it. And go through mm. this bracket. Now, my predictions historically have been a little bit off the mark, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh-huh. which you can pin down. It, it, you can pin down to a lot of factors. Okay, sure. Um, what would you
2: say the primary factors are? What has been going
0: wrong for you previously? bad luck. <laughs> really it's just rng yeah I yeah. mean here's the thing the game is Rng speaking, my record should not be this bad like it is an, an it's an, anon, uh, an, anon- an anemone it's not an anemone it's an anomaly <laughs> that my predictions are this horrific if we had the actual stats on on what I'm predicting from all the companion streams that we've done yep. uh, my numbers would be i th- like below 30 percent in terms of correct predictions <laughs> Uh, that being said, we've got a lot of games, so we can talk about. I've got a pretty firm idea, actually, of what I'm expecting out of these matches. Okay. Well, then lead on, Mister. <laughs> lead you on, were, Oracle. Lead you, on. So, how do you want to do this? You want to go one match at a time, and you can yeah. you can rip it to shreds. Let,
2: let's go one match at a time. Say what we think the important yeah. thing of the match will be, and then a prediction. I think. Okay. Sentinels face
0: Clan 2-0 yep. Okay. Because to who? To Sentinels.
2: Okay, good, good, good.
0: (laughs) He's not starting off with a crazy one here, folks. Um, The justification behind this being that Sentinels strategically are a better team. They are going to be able to punish FaZe Clan for making similar mistakes that they've been doing in the past. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if Sentinels decided to burn the the, the strap book and play the same style as FaZe Clan, I think they would still win out. Yeah, I mechanically. Think Sen- yeah, I think they're, Sentinel's a boss skill. So yeah. worst case scenario, if Sentinel's decides to just not uh, not punish anything that Faceline are doing, I think they're still favoured. So I think two zero is the safest bet. We don't know all the maps are yet, as far as I'm aware. There's no way this is decided. No, this no, in this no. final in advance. Um, but yeah,
3: that's that's my prediction for that.
0: Any disagreements?
3: No. I mean, Faze would have to be an absolute. God mode, like never before. Mm-hmm. Have
2: they have they ever won a map of Sentinels? I don't. Like, think did they so. did they take a map of Sentinels in the JBL finals? No, they didn't. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see a way. I, I mean, I don't even think I do see a way because sometimes FaZe can just pop off and win random maps. But I don't think it's likely at all. The,
3: the phase also, it'll end up being on maps that Sentinels are good at too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it'll just be random. Uh, I mean, it'll, be like just, Haven, it'll be like Haven. It'll be they always play Haven and Split. Yeah. Always. So it's just going to be on Haven and split and. Yeah. It's... All right. Uh, not X- too
2: crazy, though, there. Br- no. The no, not too crazy. Yep. I crazy. like it. I think you won a up. I think you've got this one. <laughs> you think that's a
0: lock? <laughs> yeah, I think sure. that's a lock. Okay. Right.
2: Yeah. All right. All right. Exit envy. All right. Here we go. Exet <laughs> knocked envy out of the previous I, one. So this is a great match. It's I like, like a
0: revenge match. I like Exet a lot. Okay. For, and the justification behind this is that I think Exet currently, from what we've seen of them, Envy, I, I'm not too confident in terms of... They still feel a little bit uncomfortable in terms of the roles that they're playing, I right. think. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're still in the process of figuring stuff out. Whereas Exet, I look at this team and I see just a rock-solid team in terms of their team play, coordination. You can tell that they've got tons of potential to go far in this tournament. So that's what I'm expecting. I, I'm not going to go as far to predict the scoreline, but Xset I think, are the team that are going to be taking that one over Envy. Thoughts?
3: Okay i agree and i agree for similar reasons i mean it's kind of interesting when you frame it that way in terms of XZ being rock solid and going against a team of envy who've been together for mm-hmm. so long at this point yet that is sort of where it's ended up envy are just constantly switching around roles they they haven't hit the the, the very peak of success that they're looking for yet which is to win a tournament mm-hmm. it's, it feels like they've been on the cusp for ages but they can just never do it um, I'm getting a little bit worried because Kurt's running out. Well, meanwhile, yeah. meanwhile set <laughs> <laughs> have just been so solid. They have. They have excellent players on the team, an excellent sense of utility usage. And they've just been steadily improving. Uh, I am I would predict set <laughs> as well. I'm going to go against you guys here. Okay. I, I think that this
2: game is essentially a 50-50. Like okay. I, I truly believe that either of these teams could win it. I think sure. it's going to be a it 2-1 win either way. But what tips it for me is, I think Envy have already um, I think envy are gonna come into this, determined to win. I think they've played against Exet recently and will have a good game plan for how to counter what Exet were doing on the previous maps. And I also think that Split is an absolute gimme for Envy. And so you have to kind of bank on the fact that Exet are gonna win the other two maps in the in the pool. When Exet normally permabans bans uh, Icebox, I believe. I think yeah, that's right. They do. Yeah. Um so unless there's something kooky going on here with the O L O. <laughs> Unless there's something weird going on here with the um, map vetoes, I think there's a slightly higher chance that Envy edges it out, as long as they have a good read on what Exit are gonna do on like uh, Ascent, for example. If we end up going over to there, um, I- I'm not confident in my pick at all. But I think, I think if I had to put some money on it, I would put
3: I would put Envy in. there. I think, yeah, it is mega close. It is around 50. It does feel like it's around 50-50. Yeah, I do think that potentially the, uh, the the linchpin for the Envy win is, I think Exet will let Split go through and lose on it again. Um, yes, I think that is what happens. Yeah. So.
2: But this is a great game. This is a revenge match from mm-hmm. previously. We've seen this clash happen recently. The map pool is also interesting because you, you end up having two out of three of the maps that are really close for these teams. So, so yeah, you're gonna, good game.
0: I'm going to watch that one over Sentinel's Face Clan.
2: Um, are they happening at the same time? Yeah. Yes, I would definitely recommend people watch <laughs> Exit Envy. Unless you really want to watch Dapper do 360s and kill Marv. Yeah, I would recommend Exit Envy.
0: <sighs> okay, the next one, uh, I'm getting progressively less and less sure of um as this bracket goes on but here's the thing i think in with immortals we've probably got in our mind that i I think it's easy to take away from immortals the last series they played which was the finals where they just crumbled yeah Um, that's an easy takeaway and especially if you if you consider gen g's recent upswing i think you would be tempted to say this is 50 50 but i still think immortals will be favored in this match um because they seemed, to, uh, the last tournament, the Challengers won the, the upper bracket. What it showed to me was that the Maulers were not messing around anymore. They they had they were capable of winning that tournament, but they failed on their own terms. Yeah. In, in my own opinion. Um, and Gen. G, it's still too much of a bit of an unknown quantity, despite the fact we have a lot of footage on them, I think, coming into this now. I'm waiting for Wyatt. tear me up.
3: No, it's tough. It's a really close one. I'm I'm still not Maybe I'll start talking and maybe I'll find an answer. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think this it. is tough though because because it's hard, right? Right. Yeah, you're comparing gen yeah, we have a small amount of data of Genji really on an upswing, turning over a new leaf, fixed so many of the the major problems that have been plaguing them for I mean like 6 months at this point. And then on the other hand maybe not six months my sense of time has evaporated <laughs> but, but a while <laughs> on the other hand immortals had an excellent run they looked mega solid throughout it was really only the loss at the end to an on fire sentinels that sort of stains that that challengers won for them i think they pretty much two nil to everyone else didn't they yeah they were excellent throughout um and also still a, a relatively new roster so much room to grow the, the entire team, so much firepower. There's not one player who, who on that team you, you could really say is like anything even remotely close to a weak link right now. I'm going to give it to Immortals, but it's like a 60, I don't know, 60-something yeah. to 30-something, or like a 60-40-ish. Something along those lines. That's, but that's I, I'm going to give it to Immortals, but if Genji win, I'm not surprised.
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Immortals as well here. I think that I I think that even even being tempted that this is a 50-50 I think is putting too much stock in Immortals versus Sentinels. Like Immortals looked incredible over the course of all of their other wins. Yeah. And Genji are just on a little honeymoon period at the moment whether or not that extends into the future is as yet unknown it looks promising for them in the future but you wouldn't say that they've proven themselves as a tier one team yet yeah we've only Um, seen two games i actually think that this is a big game to prove both of these teams immortals have a lot of the like uh shazam fans who think they're a massively inconsistent team and got kind of found out against sentinels and this is like immortals chance to Run the bracket, get deep, maybe make another grand finals appearance and prove everybody wrong again. Keep underrating Immortals for Gen G. They need to prove that they are actually legit. That it wasn't just a, a good run for a single tournament. That this new style of their team is going to continue to be successful. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be the another incredible clash of uh, uh, of of top teams. But yeah, I think I think Immortals take this. I also think it's going to be interesting where the map veto comes down to. I think Gen G. Looking very good on Icebox right now. Um, If it comes to Bind or Ascent, I would anticipate Immortals winning that, despite the fact that Genji looked pretty decent on Bind and Ascent. Mm -hmm. It ends up going Haven or Split. Bro, no idea. Actually, not a clue who wins on Haven or Split. Like, don't even have a team that I would favor. So I don't know where the map veto goes in this match, but it could be decisive.
3: Yeah. The next series... (laughs) I mean, this is an incredible series. I mean, that is... Yeah, unfortunately, two of the... Well, I mean, that is just what is going to happen. These are just eight really good teams. I think these are the two best series, though, happening at 4.30. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Could get TSM in there. Maybe could have given them an easier bracket, but... Yes. I I mean... Well, that's
2: the thing. I think think that TSM are a top-8 team right now, and I also think that other than... I mean, I'm going to say other than FaZe... These are the top eight teams in North America right now. Yeah. Like, I, sure. I would say that this has done a fairly I, decent job of actually
3: selecting the best teams. We did kind of skate over it a little bit, but it is pretty wild that TSM aren't here. It is. I mean, yeah, this is the first time TSM that I can think of haven't made it to, like, this stage of a tournament. Oh, or... they
2: got knocked out in groups before.
3: Yeah. Do, do, oh, yeah they got knocked so out by Dignitas. So. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I was trying to think if they got knocked out in groups or not. I can't remember. Yeah, it's in Pop Flash, they got knocked out in groups. Uh,
0: this series, though... <laughs> I can see this going one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Huh? You think uh, LG could I win? I think either LG could win... Or... 100 Thieves could win. No way. Yeah, it could go one of two ways. You're here. crazy. Um, and here's, But here's how I can foresee this game happening. I could see LG winning off the basis that... A hundred thieves come into this with. I think their style of play, so driven by their IGL, I think their calling mm. and their adaptation. I think they could be sh- shooketh, uh coming up against LG. There's a real possibility mm. that this play style just kind of is the antithesis of yeah. what a hundred thieves like to play like. How they like to play like, and they could get forced into some uncomfortable positions now. Yeah. They got the mechanical skill to handle... You like like that, Shukov?
3: Just keep going.
0: Okay. (laughs) That's a real scenario. On the other hand, I can absolutely see 100 Thieves putting in a ton of work in prepping for this match. And LG, I think, do some very predictable shit on certain maps. Sure, You always know if they lose the pistol round on split, they're going to five-man walk up mid Mm. on the attack side. Like, they, they do some... They fall into some very predictable stuff. Um, And with a little bit of homework, it's pretty... You get a good idea of how they're going to be playing. Now the question is, can you translate that to actually in the server when they're not giving you any information, being able to make a prediction of what they're doing and roughly feeling out what they're doing in a map. So, this is a hard one. But...
4: mm. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go.
0: I'm going to go with <laughs> LG. You're going to no go with way. LG? Okay. okay. Th- Tell me why. The reasons I've already said. Okay. I think
2: You think they're just going to find timings on 100 Thieves and kill them?
0: Yes. I think this might be a clash of play styles like where 100 Thieves don't come up well. Um, uh, and previously where LG have had troubles, it's been when other teams have been like, well, oh, fuck it, we'll just play with confidence and we'll almost, you know, just big-willy it, you know? Sure. Uh, but but 100 views, uh, they're, they're more than capable of that, but I almost feel like they are... that they, they hold themselves in too high of a regard, almost, mm-hmm. is what I feel like is going to happen, to stoop down to almost that level of play style. They're going to want to play with with strategy and... When I say with strategy, not to imply that LG aren't playing with strategy, but they're going to want to play how they usually do, um, which is having a good concept and overall plan on a round to round basis. And LG's the, the best way that it has been put is the information starving aspect of it. Yeah, uh, that could, I think, severely hamper them. Um, but like I said, on the other hand, it, it could it could go that way. I'm. I'm putting this down to LG just because I think that it's unexpected, and if it does happen, I'll look like a genius, but... Okay, uh, a good way of putting it, I suppose. You, you have very different viewpoints on this. I
2: have the opposite perspective, and here's, here's my reasons why. I think 100 Thieves win this game, and one of the reasons is what you mentioned about doing prep. I think 100 Thieves are going to do a lot of prep for this game mm-hmm. because they know that people have been struggling recently with the contact style of LG And to some extent, Immortals as well. But it's the the team that defines this contact style for me is LG. And I think that 100 Thieves are going to be ready for that and have an idea in their head of how they want to deal with it. I think that a lot of it, when you have limited information, comes down to setting up trap plays, something 100 Thieves do a shit ton of on defense. And making really good reads from your IGL. I think both Steel and Nitro are great at making those calls, especially Steel, in the middle of the round to be able to counter their opponents. And make the correct adaptations in the middle of the map to counter their opponents, too. The, the other part of this, too, is that if we now flip the sides and think about 100 Thieves when they're attacking, they are a slow team on attack. They are going to hold areas a lot. And I think that works perfectly against teams like, like LG where you just hold and you're going to make late round decisions and that punishes the teams that are trying to peek for information like LG do. I think 100 Thieves already have the style to play well into LG and I think there's more map data recently mm-hmm. of LG playing than there is of 100 Thieves because they went out to like Carpe Noctem in the previous tournament. Yeah. So in terms of doing homework, 100 Thieves should be at a big advantage here. I think that this is a great clash of styles, and it could go either way. Seriously, could. But I believe in 100 Thieves. I think that they've got all the pieces they need to be able to win here.
3: I I am essentially on the same page with you, Josh. I don't need to repeat what you just said. um, But that was going to be my take as well. I I would give it to 100 Thieves. Now... But yeah, also very close. Are you doing Bren's Bracket? Or are (laughs) we doing... Is it Bren's bracket it's or it's democracy. democracy? I'm so I think it's majority picking rules. who
2: the majority votes.
0: Yeah, it's majority rules. Can I sway any of you over to LG? No, no
2: you can't. I mean, it could happen. I don't think Bren's bracket is ridiculous right now. No. But I, I, can't, I can't be prepping 100 Thieves to go down.
0: Can't pay no. Noctem fans. We're, we're continuing holding. here in the lower bracket. We're going to go all the way. Fuck it, why not? Hold yeah, on. I was going to say, before we continue... Is this is how the lower bracket is seated? Pro-
2: I think bracket. so. Yeah. All right. I think so.
3: Um, and
2: then it gets flipped. So like when um, if like so we're gonna predict Sentinels over Exit. I'm assuming all of us. Yes. So then Exit will get knocked uh. down and play <laughs> Genji LG.
0: Stop. Uh, I could see a world where Exit win. Come on. Over where Sentinels. Is-
4: I, all of your
0: Am reasoning I too high has been up on good so
2: far. Why do you think Exit would beat Sentinels? I th- <laughs> what, just, what reason is, is that? Is it
0: just a feeling? It's not just a feeling. Do you I, think
2: their utility usage is better
0: than Sentinels? Do you think their aiming is better than Sentinels? I'm a little bit concerned. that I, I actually think their fundamentals might be better than Sentinels.
3: Okay. Okay. Next match. (laughs) Mortals 100 Thieves. I I don't agree. Mortals versus 100 Thieves.
2: You might be a little too high on...
0: I'm I'm pretty high up on exit, honestly. This is
2: where Bren's bracket takes a mad divergence from the main.
0: I'll add on to this so I'm not just left high and dry. Uh, There's a fear in my mind that Sentinels are having so much success recently (laughs) by throwing shit to the wind playing meta picks but not really having much thought into how they're playing it other than just like I mean they literally won the last tournament by making that adaptation right? Yeah. That they might just keep that going and that will be their downfall against a team that is incredibly disciplined like Exet that is my concern I think
2: Sentinels could roll over Exet even if they're playing sloppy though because I think the skill diff is genuinely there in this game the exit players are decent, but they're not like Sentinels good in terms of being able yeah, okay. to hold I, their own. I, I, I'm, and that's, I'm, that's where That's I'm backing off from
0: me. my argument. I, I take it.
2: No, right. no, no. I love the Bren bracket. You can make a separate <laughs> Bren bracket and you'll look like a god if it comes through.
0: <laughs> but it won't, I don't think. Uh, but I, yeah, I think I'm not, as you can probably tell, not too confident in that. Uh, Immortals 100 Thieves...
2: I have no idea. I really, uh, I mean, I, I'm already 50 50 on both of like mm. Immortals even making it to that point. Well, I'm not 50 50, but like I would say there's like a 65 to 70% chance that we even see Immortals 100 Thieves in the first place. So, have Immortals ever won against 100
3: Thieves? I mean, maybe earlier. Have they even played against them that not Yeah, I can't, I can't remember the last time they played. And I don't know. Does it even matter at this point? No, I mean, if a hundred thieves have got this
0: far, I would say that a hundred thieves could take it beyond the mortals. But immortals look very good. But I, I mean, f- bro, we're getting into the. I truly have no idea. Yeah, I we're mean, getting this into is, the space time continuum. Yeah, this is the level of, of matches predicting. where
2: you would have to, you would have to know how a hundred thieves beat LG and, to make an
0: accurate prediction. Exactly,
2: and to know like, can they continue that against immortals? And like, did Immortals play really well against G? It's kind of, form is going to come into it at this point as well. Uh, especially because we haven't seen 100 Thieves in so long, yeah. actually on stream, playing against tier 1 opponents, that it becomes really hard to predict this kind of stuff.
3: Uh, I, I have no idea. I'm willing to just put whatever team in the upper <laughs> yeah. bracket final at this point. I... I'm going to go with 100 Thieves because I think that if this bracket comes true and they beat LG, they will also beat Immortals. Okay. All right. Sure. So I, I'm gonna say 100 thieves, I, or at least there. are... and when I again, I mean, yeah, it's just. So I would close, lean, but I'm, I'm leaning with you. All right, I'm putting my right. chips in your stack. Let's all right. do <laughs> it. We'll do all it. In. Okay. And then the final thing there, upper final, upper finals, sentinels. I'm giving it to sentinels. Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. I think sentinels win on icebox. Yep. I think sentinels. Well, it doesn't even look even matter what I say. No, <laughs> I think sandals look a lot better on bind at the moment as well.
3: So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about them. Wow. Yeah, I mean, if it goes to the cl- and if they play ascent, I think they get swapped the other can... way around.
2: Kurt, I think. I think it's except going to the bottom and Immortals going to the top. Oh no! I think you normally flip the lower bracket. For sure. Mm. Yeah, because I think the idea is that you're not supposed to face a team that you would face in round one. Oh, I see. So, like, if Envy went on to
3: the next round, you wouldn't want them playing against Exit again, I see, right? Yeah, so sure. you normally flip the lower brackets. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be Sun. I think the Icebox factor is very, yeah. very big. Very yeah, big. there's a
0: real chance that they are just uh, way more up to date. And up to speed in terms of how they want to play, Icebox compared to 100 Thieves.
2: But honestly, that's a good point. The upper semi with 100 Thieves and the upper final with 100 Thieves it could go either way. I mean, uh, uh, who the hell knows? Those are some absolute punt picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything beyond the upper semis. <laughs> yeah, it's I think it's just yeah. There's punted. there's
3: one match here that I'm really confident about, and that's Sentinel's face. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. and then past that, it's like. Yeah. I mean, these could all be wrong. They could, they uh-huh. could, because they're so close. Do you, do you guys want to do the lower round? Uh, fuck it, yeah. we might as well. Yeah, we might here. Well, phase well, envy? Envy win. I mean, yeah. is it,
0: uh Is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't
3: even realize. Yeah, phase envy. I give envy. it to envy. Envy I think, win.
2: I think phase could actually win that game they though. Could? Oh I yeah, think they, they really could.
3: could. I mean, they actually have a chance against envy for sure. But like a pretty decent. If chance, envy I think. just really flop again. I, I mean Envy or would have to just, just massively fail at countering their style. Yeah. yeah, but but also the natural style of envy
2: is to push and take duels. Like, do you think food is gonna not take duels against FaZe players whenever he can? That's,
3: yeah, that's food is that's gonna... what I was thinking about too. Yeah. Food, I mean, Corey, food... Rock
2: Rockus, Baby <laughs> Bay Marv, they're all just gonna be like yeah. trying to fight each other as much as possible all the time. So if food feeds, phase win.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: If food feeds, phase feast. Yes, <laughs> true. Um,
0: Genji luminosity. <laughs> this is an interesting one. I mean, I'm gonna give it. Here's the: uh, Genji still play like a team where they have just an idea of what they want to do in a round, despite like no regarding no. not regarding? Uh, well,
3: yeah, they they play like they have an idea of what they want to do, but they are they playing are a fast, decisive game. Okay. Um, yeah,
2: and also they tend to go off like information that they gather. The round yeah, I mean, like in the mid decisions. round, yeah,
3: like a lot of times on ascent, for example, like when they would gather information in mid, they would act on it mega fast. Okay, they'd immediately I, start splitting into B. I'm um, uncertain. I'm leaving this to you too.
2: I have no idea. I mean, this is another game. <laughs> I'm going to give like, it. I'm going to give it. I'm
3: I'm going to give it to LG. But again, this is a game that Genji could win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, Genji. Yeah. If this bracket plays out how it does, Gen.G are running into some. I mean, this whole bra- all the teams here are good. Yeah. But th- they are running into two sick teams. The
2: thing is, Genji actually could, ma- we've predicted them to go out in two, but Genji really could make a run here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it, yeah. Genji fans will look at this bracket and think that we're being really unfair to them. But it is really possible that Genji could beat Immortals and go on to the upper semis. And who knows what they could do against LG or 100 Thieves. Or they could make a run through the lower and make it to,
3: like, lower bracket final. I don't know. It's. Yeah. I feel like both. It is of, possible. Both of their games, the the two we have set up against LG and Immortals, are both like sixty two to thirty eight in favor of Immortals and LG it's against Genji. That is
2: extremely specific.
3: I've been run. I've been crunching the numbers since we started <laughs> <thinking> <laughs> of, to come up with the exact equation. Um, LG beat Exet. Immortals uh, beat Envy.
2: Is that what you're we're just here? a little?
0: I I quite like Exet. I thi- of okay. what I've watched from their games, I quite like Exet.
2: Here's what I'm saying. I think Exet could win. We're also lost in the source yeah. right now, and I'm just kind of in the team so
3: that I So might as well heard. go
0: with Exit
3: if we're lost uh, in the source. But we're going by which but, team has a higher percentage But chance? Luminosity beat them recently, didn't they? Didn't, I, I didn't, believe they did. Yeah, they didn't did the LG beat Exet in did. the
2: last tournament as well? And it was like...
3: I, I, I think that game might be a bit of a skill diff kind of game, right, and guys, that's going to make me go with LG. A hard bargain. Immortals should win that. Immortals should win over Envy. I agree with that. I and think then
0: Immortals
2: then, beat LG. Immortals actually yeah. pounded LG yeah, last time they Immortals played.
0: Immortals should beat LG. They
2: look pretty comfortable for them. And then 100, 100 Thieves, Thieves Immortals. Immortals to... Which would be
3: a repeat of the match. upper semi-final. Wow. If, if this happened. This time Immortals win, though. <laughs>
0: Whoa! No!
4: Yeah, do it. Why not?
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, why
3: not? Go ahead. This time, Immortals win. Because if... Why? Imagine if... I don't know. God, imagine they figure them out bracket. or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, imagine if it's just, I'm just not giving you any that. analysis. Because, like,
0: I feel like our Immortals are always a team that, against the perceived top tier like, tier, like, top team in tier one, or, like, top teams, Immortals always crumble. Historically, I, I feel yeah, like historically that yeah. is the storyline we're going into this. If this bracket happened and Immortals then r- like went through the lower bracket to beat 100 Thieves that they lost to in the upper bracket, made it to the Grand Finals, and then they beat Sentinels as well, that would be a sick storyline. We're
2: manufacturing storylines based on nothing right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, but that would be so
2: cool. <laughs> it
3: would. If, it if, would Immortals yeah. ended up beating Sentinels then in Challengers too. I mean, for that matter, FaZe yes. win the tournament. They just <laughs> yeah. run through, they just win every game. It's, I would feel yeah. disappointed if it, it was so the exciting, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah.
0: but but in in this case, it is like it's the rematch of the Challengers One Finals, where Immortals did crumble, Sentinels turned up, and you're seeing it again, but this time Immortals yeah. coming from the back, the comeback. Oh, and dude.
2: you, so Bren wants to pred. I kind of want Immortals to, the to win I mean, that. That's pure storyline. I mean, Sorry,
3: Sentinels win the final. <laughs> I think
2: this but is but, is a but the storyline, dude. I know, I know the story's good, but Sam I, win. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to pred literally, phase winning the final in some <laughs> wild scenario because it's all nonsense, what we've yeah. constructed at this point. Okay,
0: I mean, Sentinel should, theoret- should theoretically win. But yeah. imagine if this bracket happened. Imagine if Immortals won. It would I mean, be... literally, this bracket will not
2: happen. I mean, we also just... Because no one predicts a perfect bracket I when mean, these we, things
3: yeah, we, we also just... I, for no reason, said that Immortals would just beat 100 Thieves the next time. Yeah, sure. No analysis, no reason why. when you get this deep,
0: it is, you are (laughs) taking 50-50s this Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, that's the first Immortals 100 Thieves is like a 50-50. I give this one
0: like a 0.0001% chance of this bracket happening.
3: I mean, what is,
2: how many games are there? We've predicted 10 games or something.
0: Way no. but eight, nine. but yeah, ten, a lot of these games are determined years. whether or not you got the previous ones correct, which well, exactly. makes it even more unlikely. That's what I was going
2: to say. What is 0.5 to the power of 10? What is the quite <laughs> low. If you were just flipping a coin, like what's it's, the it's is that quite, even the right permutation calculation? I don't
0: know. I think it is. Ooh, Maybe I think not. There's. I mean, I listen. I haven't done statistics in a very no, long time. I haven't time. done it in a long it's, time. It's it's the thing is with stats, you have to be right. <laughs> <laughs> with your calculations and why yeah, is it of drastically course. off? Oh yeah, I have no But, but idea. I do know if there, if we would... Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah
3: it
2: shouldn't be 50-50 yeah. every time though. There's some games where I feel confident that there's like a team sure. that has an advantage. Sure. But I'm just... Ex- I'm really excited. This is going to be the best tournament that we've had in North America since... It's going to be good. I don't even want to say First Strike because I'm more excited for this than I than I am for, than I was. First, for strike first Strike
0: has some, so many weird
3: aspects coming into it. It did, yeah. It was just odd. But, but this, this is
2: just
0: a sick
2: yeah, double elimination like nice bracket. It's double just...
3: double in bracket is nice. Elite teams. I top like four it.
2: teams of, like, up-and-comers. Top four teams of, like, the old guard. The... Unfortunately, TSM not able to make it, which would have made this even better. TSM but... TSM
0: were in. Yeah. It's the yeah. only thing.
2: Do we... I was going to bring this up when we were talking about TSM, but I want to kind of end the NA segment with a question for you guys as well. And a question I've been thinking about. Would you still consider TSM a tier one team? Like, when people talk about the Tier 1 in North America right now, 100 Thieves are in the argument because they lost without Nitro. We're assuming they're going to be as good with Nitro and able to get, you know, deep in the tournament. Where do you put TSM right now?
0: How many teams are in Tier 1?
2: Well, you can define Tier 1 however you like in terms of they're the top 8 or they're the teams that have a chance to win or they're just the teams that are are able to compete with the best, right? Like you can you can have a variable size of tier 1 but whatever argument you make top 8 is tsm a top 8 team in north america right now yeah i would say they are i think by that definition tsm are a tier 1 team yeah. but if you are more selective with your tier 1 which personally i tend to define them as the teams that are the most competitive at the top like there's no there's no gap between them and the teams that win the tournaments they could on any day win a tournament I don't think TSM's current form or current performance over the last uh, month, month, but also extending to JBL and to Summit. Well, no, not in first strike actually, because I mean, yeah. they were Tier One in first strike.
3: Yeah, they made the finals of first strike. JBL was a dud, but they looked like they were just kind of they needed a break. They, yeah, they looked point. like they were so out. So it was kind of a whatever. But
2: in 2021, I don't think personally. That
3: TSM have been a tier one team. Yeah, if you were to look at 2021 and onward, um, I would agree. But yeah. I, I think they're probably I in like the a eighth team. position right now.
0: They are a team, though. That if they fall upon the right playstyle, the right meta, uh, however you want to describe it, they could win a tournament. And I feel like it's been that case for a long time. But what's happened is North yeah. America has gotten more competitive.
2: But but also you say fall upon the right meta, it.
0: it yeah, that's the wrong like way to you, put it. I, it feels I don't like, like the term create you, you create your own meta. You do. You create your own meta. I don't like the term like falling upon a meta. Even though on it's some the same on certain maps there are, it, you can make a case for it. Like Icebox, I would sure. say. Like there's, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, def- a definitive way that you can play Icebox that is. Better, um, objectively. But yeah, there's no. It's not like Overwatch where you pick a comp on every single map. Yeah. It is. You do pick your own play style and you, and you play towards that tendency. But TSM could fall upon a playstyle with the amount of innovating that they do. And it could net them a lot of success in a tournament. I feel yeah. like they're always capable of that. But in terms of what I put them, obviously they didn't, they didn't qualify for this one. So we can't, we can't really use that. But uh, yeah, in terms of them being tier one, no, I don't think they are. I also,
2: I just said that I think I would put TSM at eighth. I don't agree with that now that I've thought about it more. I think they'd certainly be higher than that. I think they'd be somewhere around like the sixth place or something. I would still have them ranked above Gen G right now, even though they lost to Gen G in a close game. I think that, uh, like, yeah, I think I'd still have them ranked above Gen G. Who are the other teams that I might have them ranked over? Um, I mean, I would have them ranked over FaZe. Would you
3: put them over Xset or no? Not at the moment. Xset did beat them to qualify, but.
2: I don't think I would right now. But I, I st- yeah, I mean, I think Wardell's still a top three player in North America. I think Dronas and Rosa are still incredible. Uh, the players that they have on that team, Hayes and Cutler have actually been performing pretty well recently too. Yeah, I think it comes down to like the play style that they have and the strategy that they currently are trying to go for is not really working as well as they might be hoping. But I was just interested in the, like the overall topic.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting thought process, I think, as well. Because like, especially when you... If you're inputting a lot of secondary outside information into your brain, even subconsciously, if you're not considering it, yeah, you would always be under the impression that TSM are a top team, just because of the general consensus around the scene, I think. Yeah. People have always considered them a top team. It's yeah. never been up for discussion. This is like the first time I feel like someone has proposed that TSM would not be a tier one team. I don't think they ever have not
2: been a tier one team though,
0: since the team's formation. Think so? I think that there's you... been
2: times though,
3: even no, when no, they no, went no, out but,
2: to like dig in but, Pop Flash though, it wasn't it that felt they random.
3: Yeah, it was like to they an were extent. like it was the the, the so what, why it was the wacky Shanks
0: pop off moment. Yeah, and it was to... just very. Why is this different? Is it just because it's more consistently...
2: It's over a larger period of time. We've now seen two qualifications for Challengers 1 and Challengers 2 where they haven't been able to get it together and reach their previous high form. I'm not saying it can't ever happen in the future, by the way. I think TSM could come back in the next tournament, change a couple of things, immediately be right there. The talent is all there. But right now, with what they're playing and their their play over the last... I, I would say... I mean, has it been two months? What, what even is it's the like date month, right now? I, I guess it's, it's like a month. A, it's been about a month, month and yeah. a half. Yeah, a month and a half, something <laughs> like that. Over that time period, I don't think they've been a, a yeah. tier one team. They're like 1.5.
0: There's always the possibility as well, though, previously when they were considered a top tier one team. It was in that early stretch of North American tournaments where sometimes we would have a big break and we wouldn't yeah. see teams That's perform. True. We don't know how they were performing in that period of time. They could have been spending that time. But again, that's pure speculation. You can only go off of what we actually know. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting question. But you know what's more interesting? What? Is that the amount of impact we have in the Valorant scene. (laughs) Because...
2: You're going to chalk this up to us, the next topic? Yep. Riot EU,
0: they changed the format, the community backlash. I saw the clip on the subreddit, on the the competitive Valorant subreddit. I saw our podcast up there of people ripping to shreds the tournament. And what happened afterwards? EU gets a proper format.
2: <laughs> nice. We are the voices of the people.
0: Yep. Ah, no, we didn't do anything. No. But uh, it's, it's nice to see that the, the format, after so much complaint, um, has finally been changed so that we are going to actually reduce some of that RNG in, in the European scene because for the longest time we've been singing the praises of Europe as a, as, a, as a scene, and the one thing, the one commonality across almost every single tournament that has existed in Europe has yeah. been the formats being absolutely wank, and this is absolutely on the right stage. So they've made it so it's best of three in a round of 128, I think? Yeah,
2: yes. which is actually better it's than I was even expecting.
0: Really quite far, yeah. I, got... I,
2: thought, I thought it would be good if they made it in like round of 64, or... Mm-hmm. or... Hell, even like round of 32 BO3s I would have been happy with. Round of yeah. 128 is extremely rigorous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you you might even argue that it's too much. <laughs> like when you're playing against S- a round Josh, of 128. i stop, I'm not, stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. stop. <laughs> zip, zip. Stop. I'm sure people are very happy about this. Very yeah, happy. Yeah. When it's combined with good seeding for the qualifiers as well, which they actually said that there was a couple of teams that didn't make it deep in the previous tournaments that they're giving favorable seeding to because they realized that they kind of messed up previously. Mm. Now, I think there's like an asterisk at the end of this this article where they explain it a little bit. There it is. There will be a one-time exception to this. In the upcoming week, we'll put 14 teams into the round of 128. That's 14 seeded teams, I think, they're Mm -hmm. talking about. Um, and they're saying they have several great teams ranked in the top 10 in the last week's qualifier that dropped out in the BO1 format. So I'm, I'm imagining that's teams like Heretics, for example, yeah. that didn't make it through because of BO1s. And Riot is saying, we're going to make an exception for those teams because we beefed the format previously. I, like this.
0: I, I think that's I extremely
2: this. Uh, reasonable of them,
0: actually. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this. I think they've... I mean, it's the best outcome we could have hoped for, I think coming into this and the fact that they are just changing it with, with a tight turnaround to challenges mm-hmm. 2 it's a pretty big ask I think as well if you're coordinating this across with a TO yeah. to Extremely. say like actually we're going to potentially triple the amount of games that are being
3: played early on yeah that's, like, that's, that's enormous a, that's a it, huge ask it is a massive shift. and a
2: very quick turnaround as well so yeah. massive I mean, props to,
3: yeah. to them for just changing just this finally Finally. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I, that's yeah. all I have to it's say nice. on the topic. It's
0: nice. Yeah. Finally, finally going to be able
2: to... Now, that doesn't mean that everything's perfect in Europe. It would be still... I'd like to see more of them broadcast as well because that doesn't really change that aspect. But right. the important part is just getting them played in the first place, right? Yeah. You can work on broadcasting later on. You can work on, like, trying to sort out the legality of some co-streaming, which has also been, a uh, you know, something that Europe has not allowed. But at the end of the day... The games need to mean something, and making them BO3s makes them more Mm -hmm. meaningful, makes
0: the results more um, weighty afterwards. All right, the final topic that we're going to go over, not the final, final topic, but the second to last topic. Penultimate. (laughs) Yes, the penultimate. That means almost at the end. (laughs) Uh, Brazilian challenges to the
3: definition of the
0: there was, uh, some, the Brazilian format with challenges is a little bit strange. It's stranger than most. The way it works is the teams get put into two separate groups and they essentially play for their spots again. So it's not really a true tournament. Um, you know, you've, got, you've got the qualification period. What was the team that got knocked out before? Was it Game Landers? Pain got knocked out. Pain got oh, knocked out. And well, the
3: first one, Game Landers got knocked out because yeah. they ran into Fury really early on. That was challenges won, though. 1, though. Laner- yeah, that was Challengers 1. Poor Galaxy Carrots. <laughs> yeah. Poor Galaxy. Yeah. And I kind of
2: I, I kind of want to do a run through for anyone who hasn't heard us talk about Brazil since like first strike. I think right. we did some intro stuff for first strike Brazil and then we've kind of gone dark on it up until now. Yeah. And there've been some new teams added to the scene. So I wanted to kind of give people a, a brush up on what you might have
0: missed. I remember what we talked about with Brazil in our podcast. I don't think we've the... talked about. Have we talked about Furia? We talked.
3: I... Yeah, we did talk about Furia. I don't... And, and, and the a couple of weeks ago when, for Challengers 1, I did talk. I remember we talked about it briefly. I kind of talked about I think we uh, talked what was about happening with the former With the first Challenger. No, I, so I remember so talking about Galaxy Carrots getting <laughs> ripped to shreds by Furia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those poor carrots. Yeah.
2: But um, the. um. What we haven't really talked about is whether or not the idea of making this super team has worked for mm. Furia and for Vikings and yeah. stuff. Because the, the Brazilian scene has always been incredibly competitive at the top level. We've had Game Landers as the number one team. They won first strike. They've won a bunch of tournaments all throughout the year. Um, MWZero got highlighted in part of the Riot package as well. They gave him the nickname, the showstopper, the showstopper. Which I think is a fantastic nickname. Um, but there are now teams and so during the first strike era there were teams that rose up to try and challenge him like pain gaming and vorax fusion unfortunately vorax weren't able to play in first strike to give you guys a refresher and kind of re- uh, reminder on what was going on and then underneath that you had teams like b4 right those were like the yeah. top 4 teams yeah. that existed in in brazil since then Payne have actually had a bit of unfortunate luck during challenges too. I think they lost like three out of four of their recent games, losing to Haven Liberty, but also two upcoming teams. Vikings, yeah. who are the new team yeah. with Sacy, who look really strong. Um, they've got an Argentinian player called Sadhak who's got ridiculous aim as well. Fris, or Frozen or whatever his name is, is also a nutty player. Um, they're like one of the attempts at a new super team, a new top team, and they've been very, very successful. The guy Sacy
0: is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I... I'm yeah. curious as well. If we take a look at the main event of Challengers 2 for Brazil, um, you can Good see... Good luck getting back to that. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> there, there we go. go. <laughs> if, you look at the, if you look at the main event here, some of the games have already been played and they're BO1s in the upper bracket before yes. we go into the BO3. So Fury... Again, well,
2: the upper bracket final is actually BO3. So it's yes, only that first game It's only game that's those a
0: BO1. First, first two. And that happens in both the groups. So you can oh. see Fury actually yeah. ended up going against GameLanders again, but it was GameLanders who went... Up on them. The interesting great thing game. about this... Fantastic match, if you guys yeah, want to no, go back and watch a, it. I mean, yeah,
2: look at this and compare it to the skill level and the, the pace that you see in other regions, and you'll see why we're so excited about Brazil.
0: Yeah. It's... it's the whole region as a whole... Which, I don't know why I just said whole twice. But uh, <laughs> they, they, they play at such a pace that it's so enjoyable to watch. It is so enjoyable. Um, I did a of you, and people
2: level. in my chat were like, it looks like they're playing on two times speed because
0: mm. they're just yeah. making decisions so quickly. So quickly. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of the play, the play style is prevalent. Uh, I like, I'll tell you what, this might be a hot take, but I kind of like the way that the Challengers 1, 2 and presumably 3 are all going to be in this weird kind of double group system. Right. Because it puts more emphasis on the Challengers Finals which presumably is going to be an actual tournament.
2: It does, but it also means you only really get one tournament in three months. Like one big... Con- you know, where you get a winner. You yeah. only get one of those climaxes. Is that
0: not the goal? I think that's shit, mate. Honestly, Is that not the goal of what they're going for with the formatting? of the- Because they're experimenting in all these different regions. Yeah. I think what they want is challenges 1, 2, and 3... Not too many eyes on it. It's like the kind of interim. It's building a bit of hype. You know, you get to see the up-and-comers. You get to see, you know, the teams that are going to be performing. Challenges finals, you see an actual tournament take place, which it all coalesces to, um, but eventually leads into the Masters event, which is what they want, right? I think
2: that's fine to have like a major
0: every... every
2: Yeah, or or when lands are out, that would be awesome. But if you're not playing out the bracket, you're just... Robbing the viewers of a climax. Blue balling us. Because if it's for money anyway, which it is in North America, you actually are playing for a a lot more money, then why would you not?
3: I like the format for the first challenger because it just kind of skirts around the whole seeding thing and then you just play the groups and the first challenger is only for seeding into the next challenger anyway. So it's not that hype. So I like the group for that actually. But Mm -hmm. I think to continue doing it in Challengers 2 and 3, yeah, it's a bit bit lackluster in terms of the excitement. But I mean, also, how, might... do you,
2: how do you seed the groups? Like, you could just get terrible seeding for a group. Like, one of the groups could be way more stacked than the other one, which I yeah, would I'm argue that good. they kind of are at the moment um, for challenges too.
0: 2. I mean, it's not a perfect system, but what I like about it is the aspect of building hype to the challenges final. Because cool. right now, I, I, and I wonder if there's any viewers who feel similarly to me. Um, leave a comment if you do. Probably going to be none. Uh, But I like like the build-up to a Challengers Final because I think there's a real risk of burnout with the amount of tournaments that are being played in such a short amount of time. And having that separation of the format and kind of like the lessened importance on those games in terms of like, I guess, watching them if you want to follow the scene, you can then just pick and choose a few key games to watch, catch up on really nice and easily, and then you go into the Challengers Finals with... A rough idea, sure. A rougher idea compared to if you've played out this tournament format. But also, you're not kind of just overloading the entire month with tournaments. And it, and it adds a lot more emphasis and, on that one tournament, I think. Overall, it does. It does. Uh, which, which I quite like as an aspect. I don't know if there's anyone out there that agrees with me. Uh, I think, generally speaking, if, you're, if you just love Valorant, the tournament system that they've got in terms of NA works the best. You're always getting quality games every two weeks. Yeah. Um, That's what I like about it is yeah. that there's a
2: bracket being played out but i can understand your your point of view yeah it's um it it, it is somewhat overwhelming to follow it all
0: it's a lot of games it is yeah it's a full time job yeah. to follow every single game yeah. it is a full time job yeah. um it's it's pretty ridiculous but yeah let's go into the bracket a
2: little bit though sure. and uh let's let's take a look at group a because um rise has been on the come up a little bit imperials a team that was still like hanging around at the top level in first strike but i i think that this this um <laughs> that, that is a that is a good attacking half actually from rise <laughs> but this neither of these teams are favored in this group whatsoever i mean if you're in a group with gamelanders and furia you're expecting to get pounded mm-hmm. by those teams when you play against them uh, gamelanders number one team in brazil until they until they aren't and furia at the moment look like the only team that's ready to knock them off that pedestal um and they actually lost their bo1 opener to them as well so uh, th- Neither of these teams should really make it out of this group. It would be a big upset mm, yeah. if they can did. We,
0: can we look uh, at the yeah be, yeah uh,
4: nice. uh, the,
3: the, yeah this should be a pretty clear GameLanders win and Furia win against Rise. After that, um, what is on the uh, lower one? I mean, the lower one is the lower bracket is definitely more interesting. You actually, have I like think four it's very interesting. Banging teams yeah, yeah, four really um, good teams. I mean, Slick are just a mental team to watch. It's like a, evidently, it's like a team formed of streamers, and they'd kind of just plucked one guy from several other teams in Brazil. And uh, I didn't realize Hastad uh, was Argentinian, actually. I thought he was a Brazilian streamer. Yeah, I didn't know. But they, the style that they play is just, it is insane. It's just chaos. Hastad just <laughs> gets a judge. He has. Incredibly good satchel jumps. I mean, he 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 goes in far, very far, <laughs> very down. deep. He has the judge out. He will find the entry pick this way. Yeah. It is just really, it is just entertaining gameplay to watch, and it actually works. It does against quality opponents. Which is what is so exciting about
2: BLD it. BLD also, the sage player, uses his sage wall very selfishly oh, just absolute. to get weird angles to get picks. Absolute TikTok sage. Yeah, actually yeah. a TikTok Actual sage. sage. And, and yeah. so there were some Brazilian viewers in uh, our chat when we were doing the VOD review of this and they said that BLD talked about it and he said after the sage nerves he decided to use his sage walls very selfishly to become what he describes as a playmaking sage so that he can take it and do what? stuff like that, and what in the fuck? And he essentially is like wasting his utility, but in order to get a pick. Yeah. And yeah. he is just—he's just like I'm gonna use all of my utility for myself in order to get my team an advantage that isn't utility based. It's like a
0: player advantage. So unconventional. It is very. Their whole team is unconventional.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then it their, is. Their cipher, demos is just a freak. Yes, uh, he's life. got... TikTokers just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. TikTok team. <laughs> it is actually. It is a wild team to watch, but they are very good. Yeah. Um, they
2: beat B4, who are still a good team in yeah, the region. Despite, like... sh-
3: despite Shandy moving to Furio. I mean, that's yeah. a, that is a ridiculous BO3 in the winner's bracket, though. Orax getting a close win over Viking. I mean, you're talking about just top four teams in, in that game. The yeah ORAC's vikings game. Um, yeah,
2: and Vorax have been having a rough time of it lately as well because they've been running into Slick all the time. Slick have only been an, a team for two weeks, I want to say. Yeah, the have Challengers 1. They've already played Vorax. I think this will be their fourth time playing Vorax. If you look at Slick's <laughs> yeah. like, history, I think they've played Vorax. I think this will be their fourth time recently. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. So this That's upcoming game... Oh, they've already played them four times. <laughs> so this is this will now be their fifth BO3. Wow. No, wait, sorry. One of them's a BO1 in the middle of that. But the fifth meeting against Vorax. And yeah, so they've been able to get the better end of it most of the time, I would say. But it's still, I mean, it's anyone's game. Yeah. Uh, the, this uh, This upcoming meet between the two of them. And that's going to be a big one. because That is a game to watch. Vikings are also a great team. Like you would have... I think most people would have predicted Vikings and Vorex to make it through this group. But the problem is that they met in round one. Same as Furia and Gamelanders in the other group. So I I don't know who wins this now. i
0: could still do it. Yeah.
2: Incredibly fun team to watch though. Vikings are really aggressive on on defense. They like to be very proactive. Um, They're... Yeah, a very good team powered by an exceptional Silver player too. And um, just to mention about FURIA too, because we kind of just have been saying that FURIA are a great team without describing how they play. They are so fast. I mean, Mm -hmm. they are so, so fast. They are one of the most reactive teams you could possibly put together. If you think G2 play like a loose reactive style, FURIA are that, but like on speed. Yeah. They, They get information, they sense a little bit of a push coming out, boom! They're running as fast as they can towards the other site, trading out everybody who's trying to hold in a dumb corner to stop them.
3: F- Furia as well have such good utility usage. Despite losing that game, they were uh, they were effectively comboing so many utility pieces in such a decisive way. It was something that you had said when we were watching, but like the actions per minute on the players, it's just... Absurd. It is. They, it they, is they, they, they are never. They are never pausing. But the utility usage in Brazil right now, overall from the games we were watching, was actually excellent. It is. It was. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, it, it's all decisive. It is all fast, and it is all fluid. Like their retake utility is so fluid. They waste no time, but they set up actual proper utility combos as some of their players are already pushing into the site to retake. It's all done it, it, on the fly. It, it is. It is so. It, it it is actually just such. It's it's interesting because it's such good utility usage that just it takes no time to pause, which is what you normally see. Yeah, like you see things being set up. It feels like nothing gets set up, so it almost leads you to believe that like surely the utility can't be that good because it's also fast. It's so fluid. There's just fights happening everywhere, but no, the utility is actually incredibly well thought out, despite being just insane aimers across the board on so many of these teams. They go into every fight seeking an advantage with utility combo usage. Yeah. Um, it is just excellent play. You it know, really is. From Brazil it. It's like, crazy incredibly good. Incredibly good.
2: I mean, you could watch these games and be forgiven for thinking that you are looking into the future of how Valorant is going to be played. because yeah, Just the speed of it. The speed of it, yeah. yeah. it's The decision
0: making being so quick. Is, yeah, they
2: feel is... like they're incredibly well practiced and it's and that doesn't mean that they're doing set plays like the Korean scene is but they always have an idea of what utility they want to be using um as they push into an area and yeah it's 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 extremely good to watch the top level of Brazil is very scary right now because you've combined a lot of good players together and and I don't mean good in terms of their just their rifling I mean each one of them is instinctively excellent at the game, at being able to get value out of their positions that they play and and the shots that they hit and the utility that they use. Someone in my chat was describing it as, it kind of looks like they have five Sinatras on both teams. And I agree with them. It seems hyperbolic. Hyperbolic. It seems hyperbolic to say it like that. Like you're exaggerating. Hyperbole. But yeah. Hyperbolic is, is the... Time chamber. <laughs> yeah. But the... What I... What are... Not every player is as good as Sinatra. Yeah. Sinatra is in- incredible. But the style of their top players in Brazil is very similar to Sinatra. Excellent aim, right? But always moving, always active, always fast, spamming, wall banging to get maximum value out of all of their bullets, um, very mobile. Which is what Sinatra does. It's 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 the never never
0: a wasted movement. Yeah, is is the play style and and I was gonna say to any Overwatch fans who are listening to this, the thing that it reminds me of is watching the shocks dominance in previous seasons Mm. and the pace of which when they came out swinging. I think around season, I think season two after that after the first yeah like stage two like stage two just the sheer pace of the decision making of the team. Uh, is on that kind of level. That's the only thing I can compare it to. There's nothing in, Val- uh, in Valorant yet that we can compare it to other than this is the region that's really pioneering it. Yeah. And it, Brazil is the region that makes me excited for LAN events. Yeah. Uh, people, people are going yeah. on about the NAEU rivalry. Yeah. Brazil is the region that I am wondering about how they're going to be performing against some of the other top teams. Because yeah. again, I, I mean, I stand by this point. The longer it goes on, just the better this region gets. Yes, and the more really I'm does. left wondering is like, you know, uh, previously it was a hot take to say, you know, that, wow, well, I think Brazil are going to upset some things. But now it's like, I think it's getting a little bit cold, you know. You might have to shove that in the microwave. Uh, yeah. What you
3: are witnessing on your screen right now is fucking magical. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, the value that Shandy finds in his utility, how well. fast he is with his movement and taking map control. Yeah. He's incredible good. on entry. He really is. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, and he's not it even is. the best player on the team. Yeah, like no, I, I, I actually think, think that Noswa
2: is the best player on that yeah, team, yeah, and like Teddy it, might yeah. even be the second best player.
3: It's it's, it's anyway. wild. The skill yeah. on those it, teams
2: is absurd, and Brazil absolutely will. I I don't even know what the best style against Brazil would be. Like is the best style like to 100 like hundred thieves, like turtley or setting up trap plays and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe we have to wait
3: and see. The best style might be to do what they do, but be better at it. Yeah, it genuinely Um, might. And and
2: the for anyone who hasn't watched Brazilian play, other than the clips that we've just shown, the best analogy in North America and Europe that I can think of is the way that um, the way that Sinatra used to entry on B site on Bind where he would just be flashing in and pushing constantly. And he's like on top of the bunker on B-bind before the defenders have even realized what's going on. The the pace at which Sentinels used to attack that site and how devastatingly good they were at it, it's like that, but on every map, everywhere, Mm -hmm. every site. That's the level of coordination and tempo that they're going to be playing at. And unless you are extremely good at countering that with the decision-making being rapid on defense and even if you try and play full retake against them which might be the best way to do it they're active in post plants as well like they don't just sit there and wait for you to retake into them they'll push you like they'll push elbow for example if we're using the b bind example or they'll push deep into the site if you're talking about icebox that we just watched yeah they're hard
0: to deal with the play style is all about making the Opposition uncomfortable, yeah, and making them force them into
3: making mistakes, yeah, by playing at a high pace.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to yeah. deal with. I
3: think Brazil's going to be nasty on the world stage. We've uh, that I mean, that Furia Gamelanders game of Icebox was some of the best gameplay I've seen, in, yeah, in uh, probably in, in Valorant, period, honestly. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know, people, people, uh. I think I, there's like so much hype around like vision strikers and shit, but yeah. I think you're, people might be missing the actual uh the actual potential dominant region here. Yeah.
2: Mw Let's... continues to be a freak, and jo- but Joe stepping up was one of the biggest reasons that they won this game. Let's um, move it on.
3: Yeah,
0: as well. I mean, I mean, this has been how long? I mean, that was a long segment. It's, it it's just a great praise of Brazil. It is. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It is. Now tune in, watch some of their games, and send the paycheck our way. <laughs> uh, the final segment. This one? It's time. Wow! Yeah, bring it up. Roll a clip. Time of Wyatt's Weekly Award. Dude, it's so
3: dark in here. I can't see anything. What, what is that glowing? Oh. <laughs> it's Wyatt's Weekly Award. <laughs> a new one? <laughs> what is that? Turd, could you bring the award, please? A new one? Yeah. Really? A yeah. new one? But you used the chili
0: one last week. Yeah. But you've just had this one hidden.
3: <laughs> that's incredible. Right. But also, what the hell is this award? It's a glow-in-the-dark science award. It's glow-in-the-dark?
2: Yeah. Wait, it's glow-in-the-dark, yeah. and also, why is it a genie in a lamp?
3: <laughs> I, I don't know. what. I, I, I mean, don't... a
2: genie in a lamp is not science. <laughs> that's that's, that's s- spiritualism it, I mean, or mysticism. I don't even know. Science. It's... <laughs> It's myth. It's a mythological creature, the djinn.
3: Some books on it. Too. <laughs> science. Yep. Thank what you. What presenting it to this week, huh? This week, science award. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to uh, MCE, who is the new coach of mm. Um ah. Because that is presumably uh, the, the, the change that Genji needed. His coming into the team has clearly rejuvenated them, has instilled a, a new way of approaching the game in Genji and provided us with what was the best Genji gameplay that we have seen in some time. Um, the pace was increased, the mid-round adaptations, decisiveness in the mid-round, playing a style that actually enabled Sean, um, which was something that they have just been seeking, I feel, for so long, is that he, he's stuck in this sort of passive... A way of approaching the game as a duelist. But the way that they were playing in these games, he was constantly taking the first fight on, on Reyna. He was, he was always on entry actually effectively pushing into the, into the sites. But then also, just in the mid-rounds, they would make these decisive moves where Sean and another player would suddenly opt to take map control somewhere. He would take point around the corner and he would find the pick. And aside from that, um, just abandoning much of what had kind of put them in stasis for so long. Um, so I think you have to give a lot of credit to this dude, MC, for coming into the team, their new coach, and really improving the team significantly in a short amount of time. Because um, it's, 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 it's not easy to, to recognize a lot of the issues, and to be able to fix them yeah. so fast is very, very impressive. So. Yeah. Very good stuff. Shout I'm excited to, to watch G. Good job.
2: Good job. Good job. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't aware of his background until you pulled out that tweet as well, the former coach of Chaos. Yeah. They, they did uh, very well in uh, NA Valorant, uh, NACS, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I really want to. Cool.
0: Very good. I glow in the dark.
2: <laughs> well, why Is are you it? making it dark I mean, you then? You have to light put light around. on it first. Yeah. It's been in a dark cupboard. You you know, oh. do you know how glow in the dark things
0: work? You have to pull. Po- to... Does it trap the light in?
2: Um, you have to you have to get it. You know I don't know the light. actual chemical way that it does it, but yeah, I think it does kind of. I think it absorbs light, turns it into chemical energy, and then emits it it's when it's kind in the of dark.
3: Working. Look. What do you have to put you it up it close it... to your eyes? <laughs> Over, up like that.
2: He's trying to make it dark so it that you can see it, it glowing. It I, I, I believe oh, that I, it glows. I understand what you're saying. I can play well, with this it later. It needs <laughs> to have more actual light well, you can in the kind,
0: kind of it it. Well, thanks for watching, Plateau Island, everybody. Uh, how do things glow in the dark? When you have something like a toy that glows in the dark, it can glow because it contains materials called phosphors. phosphors. Phosphors can radiate light after they have gotten energy from the sun or another bright light. They soak up energy from the light and they radiate this energy.
2: There you go. So you were right. Wow. Yeah, there we go. I was cr- but also it has been in a dark cupboard so it's basically soaked up zero light yeah. so good omen if I was so. right
0: about it though yeah so it I mean that my boats bracket's fa- gonna be good <laughs> as well
2: yeah I mean if you got this science award correct with your knowledge of science <laughs> then surely you can yeah, know so. all the, the other things there are to know
0: <laughs> alright <of> <laughs> thanks for watching A vast power went out because of the rolling blackouts from the cold a sentence I never thought I'd utter but yeah here we are living it up cool living it up Bye. Thanks. Wait. Wait. Have you ended it? No. <laughs> make sure you leave a comment. Uh, we need yes. engagements. What do, you, what, do you
2: need, what do you need them to leave a comment I about? I need to
0: know what your favorite type of weather is. Mm. Do you like snow? Do you like sun? Do you like the rain? Yeah. Do you like
2: a windy day? Should we go outside and make a snowman? No. It's too no. cold. It's cold whenever you can make a snowman, it by is. definition.
0: It is. Very, it's like unnaturally cold. <laughs> yeah, it is. is like- It's like a negative seven, and the risk of windburn is severe. Oh, okay. I mean, you can if you want, no, but there's a okay. reason why Texas is shut down. All right. I won't go and make so, a snowman. Yeah. Be safe out there. If you're from Texas, make sure you run your taps because our showers are frozen. <laughs> um, and we'll see you next time.